Where are you going? I'm going to pick a fight. Podcasting from the Pacific Northwest, the caffeine and Sasquatch capital of the world, and home to the world's biggest Highland Games fans. This is Fork Talk. Will you fight? A podcast about all things Highland Games heavy events, competitive throwing, and the greatest sporting event ever invented on God's green earth, Sheep. And now, here are your hosts, Big Daddy and Hoss. But they'll never take our freedom! Lightweights got no reason. Lightweights got no reason. Lightweights got no reason to throw. They got little hands, little eyes. They walk around telling great big lies. They got little noses and tiny little teeth. They wear platform shoes on their nasty little feet. And they nasty. But I don't want no lightweights. I don't want no lightweights. I don't want no lightweights around here. Ooh, good job, my man. Thank you. Not bad yourself. Okay, you ready? Yep. Here it comes. Lightweights are just the same as you and I. Except they're lighter than you and I. <laughs> All men are brothers until the day they die. It's a wonderful world. Lightweights have got nobody. Lightweights have got nobody. Lightweights have got nobody to throw with. Nobody no, wants them. <laughs> They got little baby legs that stand so low. You gotta pick them up just to say hello. They got little cars that go beep, beep, beep. They got little voices going peep, peep, peep. <laughs> they got little grubby fingers and dirty little minds. They're gonna, they're gonna get you every time. Well, I, I don't, don't want, want no lightweights. I don't want no lightweights. I don't want no lightweights around here. Uh-uh. Get off that field. <laughs> oh, that's beauty. Oh, Big Daddy, take it down. You. Look out, brother. <laughs> yes, indeedy. We might have a copyright infringement on there somewhere, but uh, Randy Newman's dead, I believe, so I think we're fine. No, he's still alive. <laughs> he should be dead. Fork Talk Nation, <laughs> welcome. Episode 11. Or Unce, as they say in Mexico. Yes, baby. This episode goes to 11. Number 11, which means what to you, Hoss? Uh, I don't know. It's more than 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so happy we're back in the studio. Yes? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, we've been throwing and going around, traveling all over places, you know? Absolutely, yes. Finally we've, get to settle down back We've in. been itching to get back in. That's always the case. But then, secondly, we've got the Fork Talk Nation, wherever we go, giving us grief. When yeah. are you getting back in the studio? When's episode 11 coming? I got a long ride coming, and I want to hear my fork talk. It does, it does do my heart uh, good when I hear them say, I got a two-hour drive to the next <laughs> games, and I got to have some podcasts. No kidding, eh? I love that. I just heard that yesterday, as a matter of fact. And they're like, uh, when are you going to do the next podcast? I'm like, 
tomorrow afternoon. Is that going to be okay with you? Well, I would hope so because we got a uh, Boise next weekend. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Uh, of course, our opening uh, little bit there was to uh, give a shout to uh, the unending grief we <laughs> like to give the lightweights, <laughs> whether they deserve it or not. But all in seriousness, they just had the uh, national championships, mm-hmm. and our main man Jeff Thornton just won again. That's right, he did. Congrats to him. He's a maniac. Not only kid. is he one of the best eighth throwers in the country, but uh, when he gets on the lightweight field, he can destroy. Yeah, he can, and all that while supporting a wife, a kid, and a full-time job as a very good plumber. I understand. Yes, yep. absolutely, tradesman. Um, and we had actually to give shouts to our Pacific Northwest lightweights again that we love to give grief to. Yeah, we had three representatives. Three of the top five were from the PNW, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Luke Lomsdale, Lomsdale, and, and oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Daylen. He gets upset when you spill. Sorry your name. about that. He's and Kaz. Like yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Kaz was number five. Yeah. He Luke third, Kaz fifth. Yep. Which uh, you know, Kaz Tamala is uh, come quite a. A decent stretch here in the last uh, couple of years, you know. He's yeah. As with Luke, he was kind of dabbling for a long time, yeah. doing bodybuilding and other stuff. Um, now look at him. Now both, he's getting serious. I love it. Raging. I love it. So it, that was a, a. We were taking the Mickey out of you boys just because that's funny stuff. Yeah. And, and I think someone else actually gave us that idea. By the way, who was that? It was somebody down in Pleasanton. Candy Sprinkles just taking credit. I think also down in Pleasanton, there was a couple people that came up and said, oh, when you do your opening, like, just funny stuff and mm-hmm. sing into things, you should do this one. Yeah. And I, I thought that was pretty funny. I can't, yeah, you're right. That was good stuff. I'm getting old. It'll dawn on me. Hey, so first of all, let's introduce the staff. We've got in the uh, studio with us today, we've got uh, Candy Sprinkles. And that's it. Welcome, Scandy. Welcome, Candy. Scandy. Candy. Welcome, Candy. Candy Skinkles. Scandy Skinkles. <laughs> Thank you. Good to um, and uh, that's it, actually, because Devil Ange is back on the homestead, keeping yeah. the home wire fires burning. Yeah, so she's a uh, uh, bit under the under the weather today. Under the weather, the Gagermeister bug bit her last <laughs> night. I think. Uh, intern Slim Jim's at some um, band retreat thing, doing uh, tr- uh, like a kickoff for the season. So all the concert band people are all there, do playing their horns. Band camp. Band camp. Is it band camp? One time at band camp. It's just a day deal. Stay away from the girl that has the flute. Yeah, we got um, shots to meet. Meet. Yep, a rhino patrolling the fence line in Canada. I got to say something about that. Yeah. I think he's ditching the whole meat thing. I think he's just going with rhino now. Right, yeah. Our formal security is rhino. Well, we'll I can't get rid of meat right away. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I got to wean out of that. But I, I call them both when I okay. see them. We'll just call them meat rhino. <laughs> I'll come and call them meat puppet. Hey. <laughs> Let's call a meat on a stick. Let's call a meat whistle. Our chief scientific officer, of course, Dr. Kenneth Beck. Yeah. Yep. I like Ken Beck. Our official cartoonist, Matt Thompson, Matt Thompson. Highlander. Yeah, you know what? I'm missing a couple of his. I'd like to see some more comic strips. He had a case. couple out uh, in the last few weeks uh, that that I caught that were good. Well, people give us crap. We're giving him crap. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, Thompson, get Vargas, your ass get together. On it. Get your pencil back on the paper and make <laughs> some more goddamn comic strips. <laughs> and then, of course, our roving uh, international man of mystery, Miles Wetzel. Yeah, who actually. Shouts to him. He competed yesterday wearing our Fork Talk socks. Well done, Miles. Which were not only designed but manufactured under the uh, supervision of one Candy Sprinkles. Candy Sprinkles, yep. Staff, Thank you very much. Very elite product. People want to get a hold of it, and we're like, sorry, but they're yep, staff yep, yep. only right now. People want to buy them. It yep. ain't happening. Staff only right now. Uh, website is www.fork-talk.com. Yep. 
That's right. And, and, of course, our Facebook. Yep. Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. And now we need to shout us on some sponsor. Shout a sponsor, baby. It's been such a long time, I'm almost forgetting how to do this. I know. Well, read it good. I'm sorry. Abby is on my feet. <laughs> Keeping it warm. Yeah. Anyway, so if my shoe comes off, she'll leave. Trust me. <laughs> Abby is uh, our, our mascot. She's a, uh, the Lathrop's Basset Hound. Who's a very sweet dog. We love her very much. But, but she, as, she, as loves Bassett, to, she loves contact. She loves to be on you or in she does. On your feet. You know, especially in the hot summer, yeah. she likes to lay on your feet because she she likes that she's connected with you while she's sleeping. I got no problem with that. But I mean, it makes your feet hot as hell. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, greetings, Fork Dog Nation. Again, as we always say, you know, you work hard, you train hard. You guess what you need to do? You need to eat right, and you definitely need to sleep right. If you want those PRs to keep uh, continuing, right? So if you wake up with more soreness than you went to bed with, guess what it's time for? New mattress. Damn right it is. Buy a new mattress. You'll spend a third of your day in bed, so make sure it's comfortable. You can really get some good rest and recover. Uh, Check out the Mattress Ranch in Alaska, Washington, or on mattressranch.com. That's one word, mattressranch.com. Yes, two T's, two S's for you spelling People who have a hard time. Double the T, double the S, double the pleasure. Oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> double. Well, never mind. Uh, much of the Doberman commercial, you know, two twin of everything. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That, mm. You don't. You probably don't want that in your mattress, at least not while your wife's around. <laughs> um, so it's time to replace that old mattress, and you'll see a difference right away. And I, I got to tell you from experience because uh, Angie and I just got a new mattress from from the mattress ranch, of course. No, Sleep Country. Yeah, yeah, you haven't destroyed it yet. It's still intact. <laughs> it's still in one tack. Yeah, in one piece. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice mattress. And I want to thank my good friend, of course, uh, and our sponsor, uh, Max Sattler, uh, for uh, his generosity to not only our show, to our, our games, and, of course, to our families. You know, yes. He's a great guy, and yep. we all love him very much. And he has made some huge leaps and bounds over the past year for Highland Games. He has. In fact, well, his numbers are just really coming up, having lots of PRs. He's Mm -hmm. focused on it, doing very well, uh, to the point where I actually had to have the talk with him. Which talk was that? It's that official talk where you've been working with someone, either just, you know, as a friend or whatever, and you're encouraging each other to throw better, as we do in our sport. And uh, I had to have that talk with him where I did the whole, Max, dude, congrats on those PRs. Those numbers are awesome. I hate you because his numbers are getting very close. If not like on Wob, he's beating me now. He can throw Wob higher than I can. And I am really happy for him and also pissed off yeah. and, because that's what you do. So it was just a fun exchange. I was, and he was like, he was happy. I think when I mentioned it to him, mm-hmm. he's like, Oh, that's music to my ears. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that was good. I'm well, really proud of him. It's awesome. He, he, it's funny. Cause he actually, you know, Wob, he surpassed me, which this year is not that big of a deal. <laughs> But uh, he's, I mean, he hit 14 feet, you know, uh, yeah. with the 42. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very, very good throw. Yeah, you know? I think so, I keep going. Very but, good. Uh, yeah, we're very proud of him. All right, Big Daddy, we got a good show. That's all there is to it. It's always good, of course. Yeah. But uh, I'm, uh, should, hopefully it'll be Some good. Some better than everybody. others, you know. Yeah, but, well, we do our best, yeah. We try to get them out as much as often. The Ocho is still my favorite. Is it? Yeah, I listened to it again the other day. Yeah, I, I like a lot of them. Um, and uh, it's funny how they, they start to blur a bit, and you, you can't remember them. you got to go back and listen to, you mm-hmm. know, episode three. What the hell did we talk about? Exactly. So. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm sitting, I'll be, Like yesterday, I was sitting in the coffee shop, and I got my headphones on, you know, and I'm just drinking coffee and listening. And I just start blurting out laughing. Just start cracking up because of something that we said. And the people around me just look at you like, 
what is wrong with this guy? Right? <laughs> but they don't say anything because they figure, well, if he's crazy and he looks like he does, he'll probably kill us, so we'll just leave him alone. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so we've got pop culture and current events. We're going to have some Pleasanton musings. Musings. Yeah, and I, I appreciate East Coast throwers. Love you, but Pleasanton was a big deal, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. Oh, my book, Pleasanton's the biggest deal. Well, yeah, you know, but I, I'm just thinking about the East Coast guys because some of them come out for it, but not not a ton of them, right? So yeah. just I get that we're West Coast focused because we live on the West Coast, right? right. So yeah. And we try to do as much as we can for the East Coast guys, but I, they'll appreciate it because there's guys there that they know that, that we're, uh, we're talking to. Yeah. Uh, we meet a lot of those guys when they come to these big ones. Right. You know, that's what's nice about it. Right. Season ending review, a little bit of season end review, and then historical figure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're still talking about the Abraham Lincoln bit. They are. That's true, are. too. I know that for a fact. In fact, I heard the other day, Big Daddy, that, you know, they had that uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. movie. It didn't do so well, but I think it's kind of a bit of a culty classic. It's loosely based off of, our, uh, off of our podcast. Well, I believe what they're deciding, they've, it did well enough in the box office that they're, they were thinking about doing a sequel. Mm-hmm. However, what put it over the top was um, everybody around the country started talking about Abraham Lincoln and the bit. And so now they're incorporating, as I understand it, the production house is incorporating um, Abraham Lincoln and his throwing capabilities with that axe into the next one. So he doesn't always have to be uh, holding on to the axe. He can actually throw it. Did they and, contact you as a technical And advisor? vampires. He has this... There's a scene where he rips the head off the vampire, shoulders it. Oh, like right? a brammer stone. Yeah, well, and he actually has a bag of chalk, chalks the side of the head, which is kind of a funny thing in the movie. Wow. Then, then, then cradles that thing on his head and gives it a nice, good, you know, 50-foot push. You know, that's good. Whoever was a technical advisor for that must have been spot on. Because I'm going to tell you something. The last time I shot put it in the head... The worst part of it was all the blood, and that chalk kind of gets rid of that. You know, right. That's a big problem on it, you know? Exactly. Well, so. he's got it just perfect, so the, the bottom of the neck is dripping out mm-hmm. right below you, but his elbow's up high, so it's just dripping straight down. So it's not, And he's on his back foot, as he should be, yeah. for the start of the bramer. Yeah, and then he goes over the left really, right. really, 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 for real hard block. Yeah, exactly. You so know? he's back right, dripping blood on the ground, but and the and the head is just out, so the head's still active, right? So he's a vampire. So is he's, it talking? He's like no, he's, but he's like trying to bite at something, but he's just oh. biting at air, and he's not there. And and he's got him tucked in there, and then he just you know um, kind of mumbles something under his breath because you know Lincoln wouldn't say anything nasty out loud, right? right. So he just mumbles it under his breath, and the vampire's trying to say something, and then boom, he launches it, he blocks hard, and then he's like. <laughs> and then the vampire, as the vampire's head's going through space, is going one, one foot, two, two feet. Ah, 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 ah. Oh my God! Oh, I've landed. Oh, 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 oh. That's a new vampire head record. Fifty-two feet. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Hey, so let's go to shouts, yeah? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I like shouts. Um, we stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes, we do. As always. Um, first of all, from Facebook, the new likes on Facebook. You ready for the drum roll, baby? Yeah, well, how much you, what are we up to now? 432. Holy moly, mother yeah. of God. I'm even getting like notes from Facebook now as the manager of the page saying... Um, how to close in on 500. Oh, you're almost mm-hmm. to your goal, right? What, what can you do to pu- pu- publicize yeah. it and stuff like that? We know so. Chad Ullum. Chad Ullum. 
Yeah. He busted his butt to get us over 400. He did. He was uh, he was on a roll. That yeah. Kid. yeah we got a so, ton of great. So big uh, shout out for Chad. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, um, some of those recent ones, shouts to them. Christopher Hawk. That's my buddy. We went through in service together. Karen Kostashek. Is, uh, is she related to this is Kirk's, Kirk? Kirk's daughter, maybe? Oh, could yeah, be. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Matthew, Tom, uh, Matthew Thornton. He's one of our new guys. New uh, master's thrower. Yep, that from we up met. north, yep. Uh, Misty Joe McIrvin. Oh, yeah. Um, Robin Knievel's buddy. Yeah. It's his wife. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, because Joe... Okay, so Chip, Joe... Chip McIrvin. That's his, that's his wife. Gotcha, yeah. And he's on here. Joe White. Uh, Erica Drinkard. Right. News thrower. Uh, Chip McGurvin's on there. I enjoyed meeting Chip. Nice guy. I did too. Lightweight, but we, that's okay. Yeah, but you know what? In fact, what, what I love. He's a stocky weight. Oh, oh, yeah. Strong guy. Yeah. yeah I yeah, like yeah. him. Uh, what I love about him is he and, so he and, um, uh. Hello? That's called dead air. <laughs> You're supposed to cover yeah. it for me. You know that, uh, we had a thing back <laughs> when I was in my broadcasting class and it was called death before dead air. <laughs> Um, Robin, he and Robin are good friends. Robin Knievel. That's right. And what's funny is they're they're like Batman and Robin. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're it's they're it's, more like the Hulk and Spider Man. I know it's because it, Robin is such a tall, big man. Yeah, and Chip's a little guy, and they're buddies, and it's just funny to see them both give each other grief yeah. and the size difference and all that. It's, it's good, yeah, it's good stuff. But that I'll tell you that Chip is a stocky dude. I yeah. mean, he's uh, he's no joke. Uh, Jimmy Johnson. Kristen Bishop. Jimmy Johnson from the Cowboys? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Kristen Bishop. Right. Tiffany Alexander. Holly Goldthorpe. Uh, of the fighting, battling Canadian Goldthorpe the family. The Goldthorpe family. Uh, Rickert Sovinson. From Iceland. Yeah. Nice guy. Terry Wren and Mike Vinion. You actually saw um, Sovinson and Kelso. He was there uh, rooting on Dave Van Skyke. Oh, excellent. I believe that's who that was. Excellent. Well, so thanks to all of you for liking us. Keep them coming. Facebook, na- Facebook, Fork. I can't speak, Big Daddy. Yeah, I can't Fork help you. Talk Nation. Fork Talk Nation. Keep those likes coming. Facebook shouts. Remember, all you got to do is press a little button that says like, share it with your friends, get everybody involved so we can get this thing going so Haas and I can quit our jobs and do this full time. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, my God. Okay, I got I to gotta take a sip. Take here. a sip of your malted beverage, and I'll just keep talking. Mm. Man, that looks good. What's that? It's a Bud Light wine. Yeah, but it's time. You know, it's getting cold enough. I need to switch over to Guinness. Oh, the, yeah. The summer beer is now dead. You're right. Dead I'm going to gonna have a sip of my Starbucks. Okay, good. All right. Hang tight. You, you love your, your Starbucks. Mm. Um, we're going to jump on to... Um, so, also on some of the Facebook and Fork Talk Nation updates and musings. So, first of all, big shouts to Tim Mullally. Tim Mullally, our New York buddy. First of all, love his wife. Love yeah. his family. She takes some awesome Love pictures. her ph- photography and yeah. her, the way she kind of captures their life and, and puts it online. Um, yeah, she pretty much puts it all out there. Yep. It's good the stuff. The other day I saw a picture of them all naked in bed. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> Stop. They do not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tim got hit a PR uh, not too long ago, 31 feet in the sheaf. That's a big sheaf. With uh, Jason Clevenger and Jonathan Irvin looking on. Good Good company to be looking on and yeah. catching that. So. Yeah, you, you got the guy who makes the bags and the guy who makes the forks. That's uh, good stuff. Congratulations, throw, oh, Tim. You could throw 31 with those guys standing around. I am super, know? super jealous. That is sweet. 31 a, feet. And people, you know, that 30 that thirty foot mark is, as you know, a is a mark. very tough mark to hit. I've been struggling all season to try to get that, sunk, that sucker. And, yep. Um, it's it's, nasty. it's definitely, it's a whole new world. Yep. Agreed. So congratulations, Tim. Agreed. Um, also... 
uh, Bull. Uh, Oliver posted uh, an Oliver. up. He posted a little up yours, Joe Boo, to Figgy Newton, <laughs> which uh, was a picture of uh, Sir Isaac Newton, and it basically said on there, "Dost thou even raise heavy objects against the force of gravity?" <laughs> Sounds a little bit more like uh, Sir Gravity. I loved it, Isaac Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I loved it. Dost thou even raise the heavy waves against the force of gravity? Get to the chopper. <laughs> Uh, that never gets old, by the way. <laughs> you know, like I always say, if you and I can make each other laugh, who gives a crap about who's listening, right? I'm telling you what. Uh, shouts to Jim Walker. Jim Walker. Yeah, first of all, um, he's he's given us a great contribution. He was, I think, maybe on drugs or speed or a <laughs> lot of caffeine one night, but he just had a role of inspiration about the games and us and what we're doing in this podcast mm-hmm. and just great advice and not, in, in, in a really nice way. He wasn't saying you guys should do this. You guys should do that. Just, mm-hmm. I love what you're doing. I love fork talk nation. Here's some ideas. Cause he's been in, in some of the um, production and publicity type stuff. Right. And anyway, so we just wanted to give him shouts because he's the main man. The other th- cool thing was we met someone special in his life. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, we're uh, getting ready to throw there in Pleasanton, and uh, old Big Jim comes walking up and says hi to us. And um, he has his little daughter with him, Audrey. And she is just adorable. Cutie pie. Yes. Yep. Very sweet kid. Yep. You know, she she touched my hand, and it had tacky on it. And she goes, oh, that's sticky. But you could tell she was used to tacky hands because of dad, you know. Yeah, so, it didn't, yeah, yeah. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't send her revolting. She's like, oh, you're... Obviously, one of my dad's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys. He must be one of my my dad's buddies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a cute kid. Very cool. Uh, very clued in. Listens to the the show with her dad. Yep. So this shouts to Audrey. We're 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 thinking about you. That's right. Thank shouts. you so much for your support. That's right. Hope to see you again soon. We love you and we love your dad. Okay, and uh, um, Mark Valenti. Yeah. Mark Valenti. Oh, Mark Valenti <laughs> tied the knot tied this the knot. weekend. He finally made that, that girl Aaron a, a good woman now. She's married to him. Fantastic. Yeah. So congratulations to Mark and Aaron. He, um, you know, Mark Valenti to the Highland Games people. Uh, Mark Valenti had a long career, 20-plus uh, years, you know, throwing. He's a pro. Known for being quite outspoken. Yeah, known for not pulling any punches, which, you know, of course, you know, when you're, when you're like that, people either really like you or they really don't, you know, and True. I know that from experience. <laughs> but uh, the thing about Valenti is uh, he, he retired. He had his last game uh, this season, his last game he's going to throw in. He's got a thriving business now, uh, Blind Dog CrossFit, which is doing really well. He met the love of his life. He married her, and we wish him nothing but uh, happiness. And, of course, he also promises an interview. Yes, that'll so, be good. We'll wait I'm actually looking back. forward to that a lot. Yeah. That'll be good stuff. I am too. He's got a lot to say about the games. He's very opinionated. He says a lot of stuff about what some people are thinking but afraid to say. And some people don't like what he has to say. Some people do, but, you know, it's like anything. Everyone's got an opinion, right? And opinions are like what? Um, Bungholes. Sugar. <laughs> sugar. <laughs> Everyone's got one, and some stink more than others. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's hard because I think I think people who speak their mind are, have always been on the forefront of getting people to think differently and challenge convention and to also make sure that we're, as a group, uh, comfortable or on the same page around certain things, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it can... It can sometimes cross over to being, you know, I'm always on the fence on it, Big Daddy, only just because I I like to try and put out as little negativity in the world as possible personally. Right. And I know that in sometimes 
people expressing themselves, it can come off negative. They may not mean to be negative, but they, but it, you know, it is a negative kind of message that might be coming out. Mm-hmm. And that's the only time it's hard. But overall, I think if you look across history, people expressing themselves has never been necessarily a bad thing right. because people will either agree or they won't. And you'll at least, you know, have people, you know, gaining further understanding about what they think about the world and, and others. Right? right. I mean, if people didn't express themselves and didn't come out and say what they met, they felt, uh, women wouldn't be voting. Exactly. You know, a lot of things wouldn't be done, you know, that are, that are done. You have to have somebody that's willing to put it out in line, someone willing to stick it out, you yep. know, and yep. it may get chopped off, but you know what? They're going to say what they feel and you may not like it, but it'll give you some, some food for thought. And some, sometimes it's a good place to start, and people start acting on it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we're a bunch of sheep. Well, right. sometimes people put out something that maybe is just dead on wrong, too, and at least it gets out there that everybody says, no, 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 that's wrong, right? Hey, I had a professor in college that always said, you know what, O'Neill? It's better to be loud and wrong than just wrong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> because if you're going to be wrong, shout it out, brother. Right. So shouts. And then, and then as we've been doing through this uh, season, the um, – we want to give some shouts to the upcoming games, right? The upcoming games? Upcoming games. What is wrong games. with you? I just can't speak. I apologize. I need, I need to do more vocal lessons. Yeah, remember. E, A, T- U, Tongue in the lips, e, teeth in the... U, A. Yeah. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Teeth in the mouth, tongue in the lips. I, I just can't do it. That's kind of gay. Um, all right. So first of all, just this last week, they had the Longs Peak Scottish-Irish Highland Games Festival in Estes Park. Right, it's referred to often as the Estes Park Games. Yeah, most people just call it Estes Park. Yep. Yep. In Estes yeah. Park, Colorado, Greg Bradshaw is the guy in charge there. No relation. Um, and uh, we wanted to shout out to those throwers and the families in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they've been having floods. Yeah, they, they had a beautiful games, and then right after the games were gone, a huge flood. Yeah. Just basically washed a, they had a bunch a of roads got washed out. Big dry summer, so lots of dry stuff and then massive rain so and the water's not ready to get sucked up yet and it just flowed everywhere but it was everywhere denver colorado springs mm-hmm. down south in estes park fort collins thank you candy um i mean there's all kinds of places it was amazing so mm-hmm. shouts to all of our throwers and family and friends in colorado because i know it's a pain i have a theory about why it started okay and dan mckim's not going to like this because it's actually his fault Oh, okay. But since I know he doesn't listen to this podcast, we're safe, right? Okay. Um, He's got way too many other things to do, obviously. He's a big big bro. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? But he threw the light hammer 152 feet. So I think that somehow discombobulated the atmosphere. Okay. Holy cow. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's actually part of it. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, his heavy hammer went 129 feet. I'm sorry I don't give the inches. Yeah. You know, but that's all I know. It's a long way. But let me tell you something. Long a 129 ways. foot heavy hammer actually is a really good light hammer for most pros. Okay, so it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. I, I think the world record is like 131. Wow, I think it's really close, right? Wow. Um, and I believe the light. Then don't quote me on this, but I believe the light hammer uh, world record is about 156. So wow. pretty massive throws. He's been throwing like that all year long. You know? So basically he up, he upset the space-time continuum in some way or affected the weather from the hammer flying like Thor, the god of hammer. Yeah, I'm, not, right? I'm not 100% sure about all that, but all I know is uh, Marty McVeigh right. was seen driving a, uh, 
uh, <laughs> a DeLorean, a weird looking DeLorean right after that happened. You know, so who knows what happened there? <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, Thor's angry. Thor That's is what, angry. Ang- um, because a mortal threw a hammer further than him. Well, let me tell you something, Thor. Right. You Can- seen Dan McKim? He ain't mortal. Candy Sprinkles just put that on the board. That was a good post there, Candy. Hey, um, also... Um, um, dee 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 no, da, stop. So i got to fill in some time here. There was eight other uh, events that first couple weeks of September, which is amazing. Again, as usual, there are so many dang games around this country. It's awesome. September is a big month. Uh, this weekend, uh, 914, so they got the Michigan Ir- Irish Music Festival and Games in Muskegon, Muskegon, Michigan. Muskegon. Jerry Bowersox. He runs a lot of games, that guy. He does, yeah. Niagara Celtic Heritage Festival in Alcott, New York. Yep. Paul Crest. The Oklahoma Scottish Festival in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Matthew Thompson. Matthew Thompson. I think that's the other Matthew Thompson. It is. Yeah. There's a Matthew Thompson that does the Vargas Highlander. And then, and then there's a, the Matthew, Matthew throw Thompson with. that I threw with a couple years ago. Yeah. Actually, we threw with him in Pleasanton. Yeah, we threw him with yeah, him. Yeah. Good guy. Um, and then next weekend, the weekend of the 21st of September, there's multiple. Celtic Festival and Highland Games of the Quad Cities in Davenport, Iowa. Quad Mark Cities. Mark McVeigh. Everyone there has big thighs. Carlton. <laughs> the Charleston Scottish Games and Highland Gathering in Pleasant, South Carolina. Pleasant, South Carolina. Rick Norred. The North Hampshire Highland New Games. New Hampshire. Oh, I'm sorry. New Hampshire. Good Lord. New Hampshire Highland Games and Festival in Lincoln, New Hampshire. I'll tell you what. I'll, it's Wayne Hill. Hill. I'll take over the next one. You can take a drink or something because okay. you're, you're fogging up your microphone. <laughs> Northeast South Dakota Celtic Fair and Highland Games in Aberdeen, South Carolina with Bart Walker. Aberdeen. No relation. The powerhouse Jim Highland Games in Marlboro, New Jersey. That's where they invented cigarettes. That's Al Yodakis. He's got a... Very nice wife. I can't remember her first name, but uh, they're like King and Queen of the Highland Games back there, I think. Oh, cool. Um, we've got the Ringgold Highland Games in Ringgold, Georgia. Yep. Ben Bean Summer. Who? Dave Bean Summers. Maybe Dave Bean Summers. <laughs> Take another sip. For Santa Fe <laughs> Renaissance Festival in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Chuck Thomas. All right. Sherwood Celtic Musical Festival and Highland Games in McDade, Texas. Aaron Wu. Is it woo or did you drop the D off of the wood? I didn't. It was well. It's what it says in Nazca. You got an Asian guy running the Aaron game in Texas. Woo could be. There's an Asian guy running the game in Texas. Don't go there. I'm I, just asking. Well, who knows? I think it's Aaron Wood. I think you forgot the D on there. It it says Aaron Woo on the Nazca. So if they drop the D, it's Aaron Wood. Okay, we'll find out. Hey, hey, Aaron. Aaron Wu, do you got wood? (laughs) 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 Some jokes are just for me. Right. Treasure Valley Celtic Festival, the Idaho State Championship in Boise. For which I am the reigning Masters champion until next weekend. Right, because we're not going. That's right. And then the final weekend of September, the 27th weekend, we've got McPherson Highland Games and Scottish Festival in McPherson, Kansas. That's a big deal. Is it? That is a big Big deal. David Glasgow. We need to put that on our bucket list. Okay. All right. Uh, Green Hill Highland Games in Salem, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Scott Medlin. Uh, the Pipes in the Valley. I like that. Highlander in H- Hartford, doesn't Connecticut. Sound, doesn't that sound cool? The Pipes in the Valley. The Highland Pipes Games. in the Valley Highlander in Hartford, Connecticut. Like Kate Grammer. And then the St. Louis Scottish Games in St. Louis, Missouri. Charlie Rivers. Charlie Rivers. No relation. Right. To who? Uh, Joan Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, muddy water, muddy rivers. water rivers. Uh, <laughs> it's all boy kazoo band. 
Sure. Yeah, so that's it for Shouts, Big Daddy. Shouts, baby. Yeah, love the nation. Love you all. Thanks for all your support. And we should get off to the next segment, which I think is Papa Gulja. Is what? Papa Gulja. Is that French for pop culture? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> we Here's my German for pop culture. Papa Gulja! <laughs> I think get to the top of pop culture! I think, I think <laughs> the soundboard just blew up. Here's my Asian pop culture. Papa <laughs> Gulja! Stop. Please stop. Here's my Mexican where's pop my, culture. Where's my, where's my stop? Where's my cut button? You don't have one. <laughs> You're hot to take off. This is a top to a, you know, what we use on stage, but it's very, very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board, oh. 11, oh, 11, and most of 11, and then amps go up to 10. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not 10. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at 10. You're on 10 here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on 10 on your guitar. Where mm. can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere, exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to 11. 11, exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to 11. All right, Big Daddy, we're back. We're back, buddy. It is. uh, First of all, I love those drops because uh, Spinal Tap is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies of all time. I know you were excited quite often. And uh, we've got, uh, of course, this episode is 11, so it goes to 11. (laughs) Which is one more than 10. Yes, it is. But this one goes to 11. But it's still, you know, 10. (laughs) All right. Never mind. That's good. That's good. It's classic. Um, we got pop culture and current events. Yes, we do. Yeah. First up, uh, w- one of our staff was famous this uh, week, two weeks ago. Now, who might that be, pray tell? Well, pray tell, that was our own Candy Sprinkles. <laughs> candy Sprinkles. So she finally got out of prison. <laughs> we were finally ever to, uh, able to get together because there was no conjugal visits in yeah, prison. No kidding, and bail was crazy, boy. I'm <laughs> telling you what, bail money is hard to get. Uh, no, the uh, so at the Kelso uh, Highland Games, which mm. is in Kelso, Washington, Indeed. just north of Portland, basically about an hour or so, and south of Seattle. It is, yep. For hours. those of you who want to know where we're talking about. Um, the Kelso Longview paper had a highlight in the newspaper on Sunday uh, on women throwers Which and is the second, games. It's second. That paper is only second to the New York Times for updated events. Pretty much, yes. yeah. It, this went worldwide. It mm-hmm. went global. Global. Right? And But it featured big on the, on the front big section on like the first opening page was a section about the games and featured there in a big old picture was Candy Sprinkles in a joyous raisin her Kilmulray fork. Kilmulray fork. Kilmulray yep. fork. And uh, throwing a bag of some sort. What was that bag called? A sheep. 
Yes, and uh, it was awesome. And we, so we're giving her shouts. So they could have got her in many different poses and many different events, but right. they chose a sheaf. Well, then the key was the, 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 the reporters were out in the audience, and they were watching the proceedings, and they just happened to be watching when the women were on sheaf. And they, I, I think they liked the angle on, on talking about the, the women in the sport. And yep. they were going to talk to a variety of different women that were there throwing that day. But, but the big story of that moment in the games was, and I'm doing this because I want to give shouts to my lovely bride, Stephanie, because I'm very proud of her. She really made it a goal of hers to have her sheaf numbers be <clears throat> solid at Kelso. She did. And she was doing some training, and we posted some Facebook stuff because she had gotten up to uh, 17 feet. And so she was excited to be able to deliver what she was doing in practice to the field, which can always be a challenge, right? You can right. be killing it in right. practice and going, oh, no problem, right? I'm going to hit huge. And then you get in the moment, and it, it's harder, right? Mm-hmm. On the day, the the people you're thrown with, how you're feeling, did you drink too much, do you have enough water, right? All those kinds of things. Well, and the thing is, too, I mean, she's, she's got she's got all the tools to succeed. Right. Okay. She's got a Kelmall Ray custom fork. Yep. Painted up. Candy Rain. With her name on it called Candy Rain. Yeah, a lot of the pros right? like it. Yep. Badass fork. Okay. Yep. She's got probably one of the best coaches in chief in the Pacific Northwest being yourself, Hoss. <laughs> I doubt and that. And then, on top of that... She actually painted her nails in a candy-colored assortment. Right. Th- that matched both her fork and her outfit. Yes. Yeah, it's all color. A-T. All color comboed, right? She had yeah. everything going cosmically for her. Right. Yes. So she either gets up there and throws the sheaf well. Right. Right? Or it's almost like Elvis. Elvis goes to a big show. He's got his sunglasses on. He's got his white jumpsuit on. He's got all of his little stuff going on. Love Elvis. And he can't sing. He's got laryngitis. Oh, ouch. That'd be bad. So uh, she pulled it, pulled it off. She brought it home. And we got a great picture of her. Yes. You know, in the, you know, basically the New York Times, as far as I'm concerned. Pretty the much. New York Times of the Pacific Northwest. I mean, what was awesome about the photo is the bag is still dropping behind her. Yeah. He captures it, and she's got her fork raised big, and she's yelling, yes, and the, and the bag is still dropping behind her. And that was a sweet photo. And the, so the key was, Fork Talk Nation, is the mental part of this, right? Because she opened at 12 feet, went in at 12, uh, and cleared that easily. And then she got to 14 and missed the first two at 14. Mm-hmm. And then she's getting in her head like, damn it. I mean, I can go higher than this. Right. Right. And and that was a big deal for her to calm down and center herself and just go back to her fundamentals and get that 14, which she got easily on the next one. Right. And then same thing on 16. She's still jacked up, misses the first two, and had to pull out a big one mentally to get her PR for that 16. Yes, she did. And she dotted it, and it We're was We're talking awesome. about you. You do not need to speak. It was good. <laughs> it was really good. So congratulations, Candy Sprinkles. Let me, let me tell you something, too. She beat some pretty uh, uh, sheaf powerhouse women, I must say. She did good, yeah. You know, and tied, I yeah. believe, with the Karen Dallimore. Yes. Of Canadian Dallimore fame. Yeah, on the Masters. Who is a very, very, very good sheaf thrower. So congratulations to Candy for that. And we're all very proud of you. You've worked very hard. And um, there's more to come. Yeah, I expect 18 next year. I expect 25. Yeah. 
Um, hey, football season started, Big Daddy. Yoo-hoo, yes. It's I'm in ex- the air, baby. I'm actually excited about this. You know, summer's always sad when it's going and the, the nice weather starts to leave. But yeah, but I like fall. I like – we had our first high school football game in town the other mm-hmm. day, which yep. I always love. Friday Night Lights. And I love just the – I just like football, American football. It's good stuff. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the season started. I, do you have a particular team or two that you follow? Yes, I do. Okay, who's that? Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, you're a Steeler fan. Yes. Yep. I think we talked about this once before uh, on broadcast. Maybe mm-hmm. we didn't. Maybe so you're a Steeler fan. Yep. Did you grow up a Steeler fan? Yes. You did? Okay. Yep. We grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, my dad was a big Green Bay fan. Okay. Um, As you I was would a, be. I was a pretty much a Chicago Bear fan. Because you were uh, like a Dick, Dick Buckus old school loved, kind of fan. Love Dick yeah. Buckus, you know. I played a little linebacker in, in high school mm. too, you know. He so was yeah, one of my yeah, favorite. Fun. Yeah, but um, but I always loved the Steelers. The thing I like about the Steelers mostly is not just their obviously their mystique and their you know uh, record of world championships, but their ownership. The ownership of the Steelers, and most a lot of people, you know, they think of ownership as you know your Jerry Jones and your assholes, sorry, right. of ownership. Right. They've been owned uh, since their inception by the same people. Basically, they're owned by the Rooney family. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, and Art Rooney was during the seventies. He was the one that basically, you know, he said, "Look, you know, these Art are- Rooney from sixty Minutes." No, that's Andy Rooney. Oh, that's Andy Rooney. Sorry, Art Rooney just said "f you." <laughs> Anyway, so I don't know if you guys remember a story about um, there was a running back, Rocky Blyer. Sure. Yeah. They Rocky, made a movie about Rocky him. Blyer actually was a Penn State uh, running back, drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, played a year or two, I believe, and then got drafted and went to Vietnam. Right. He was wounded pretty badly and, could all, and was basically told he'd never walk again, much less run. Well, he said, F you to that. And the Roonies kept him on the roster. And they and they basically, you know, paid for his rehab and therapy, and he came back and played another productive few years as a Steeler. Cool. That's an owner. Yeah, that's cool. Okay? That's cool stuff. And he's you know basically uh, it's been passed on around his, along his, with his sons and stuff like that since he passed. And so, right. You know, I'm always a big fan of that kind of backstory. Yeah, you know? I get that. So I get that. Well, and so I, because I was born in Texas, which we talked about, I think, once before, I was a Dallas Cowboy fan as a kid, mm-hmm. right? I grew up in Seattle area, so I was a Seahawk fan. I was um, mainly because of, like, Steve Largent, some of those early guys for the Seahawks. And then I was a huge Cowboy fan. Which puts you and I on opposite sides here, right? Because pretty much, yeah. I yeah. mean, the Cowboy Steelers rivalry, especially in that heyday of those championships, was massive. Right. We well, so. had the steel curtain, and then you had the Cowboys' big defense. What were they called? Uh, I don't remember. The Cowboys' big defense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't remember. I mean, it was a big deal. It, it was Randy huge. White and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So. Um, all right, good. Well, and so, and I also because I lived in Minnesota for so long, I'm kind of a Vikings fan. Yep. Like, like, I mean, that's that's one of those where you know they always go to the show and always lose. Yeah. And it, the, always it's just, a bridesmaid. Uh, t- yeah, they're yeah. T- they're tough to watch. It's been similar to Seattle. 
uh, up until they at least got a chance to finally go to the Super Bowl and lost to the Steelers, of mm-hmm. course. But mm-hmm. um, it, I'm just excited for the season. I'm, I'm excited to watch. Uh, it looks like there's going to be some good matchups this year, good games. Yep. It's not going to be too lopsided or one-sided in any one direction. Well, you can't predict football games at the beginning of the season anymore, which is what's my, it's one of my pet peeves, actually, when people say, oh, they're a Super Bowl contender and they haven't played one game. You know, the deal is, is with all the free agency, football's not the way it used to be, you know? Right. Back in the 70s and 80s and all that stuff, you know, you always knew that this person was on this team. You know, these people were on this team. Now right. they, they flip-flop like crazy. Right. You could have a Super Bowl team that'll give up three or four people that actually got them to the Super Bowl for future draft choices and stuff. It's just it's not the same anymore. Well, and I think, you know, that's an interesting uh, take on that, Big Daddy, because I think... Some of us who come from an era when there was that loyalty and they really weren't ever going to leave much, or if they did, it was way at the end. It really didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toward the um, tail end of the career. That it's hard for us to get used to that. You know, I I really have a problem seeing uh, Manning throwing for Denver yeah. Broncos. Yeah, it just too. he's a cult. He's yeah. always will be. I don't know why he's there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I get why he's there, but it just ownership. Part of me is just like, oh, that doesn't make any Again, sense. Again, a disloyal owner. You got the ear says, right? For, yeah. for how many years that guy produced for them? And then, you know, he gets his neck surgery. Right. And then they're like, well, you never know what might happen. And, you know, and they just give him up. How do you yeah. give up a guy who's worked that hard for you for all those years? Yeah, yeah I know. So that comes That's down to ownership crazy. again. Yeah. It's going to be a curse on him because the Colts will never win the Super Bowl again. They'll never go to the Super Bowl again. Ooh. I'm making you heard it here. Yeah, you t- that just happened. You, you heard the the uh, the curse of the Bambino with the Boston Red Sox. Well, this is a curse of the O'Neill. Congratulations, jerks. <laughs> Jerk off. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Indeed. Um, so just this past week was the anniversary of 9/11. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it was. Always remember. And it always, yeah, you always do because obviously it was uh, in our recent past a fairly significant event to say the least. Um, I found myself, Big Daddy, what was interesting is I tend to find, I, especially as the years go on, I, I don't necessarily in advance remember that it's an important day. It kind of sneaks up on me actually a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this last one, I honestly just wasn't really kind of clued in that it was that time of the year already. And I, I just kind of noticed that on that day, I'm like, just kind of, oh, it became aware during the day. Like, oh, wow, it's it's 9-11 today. Okay. And um I always think, personally, when 9-11 happened, I was actually at work. Mm-hmm. And so for me, on when 9-11 falls not on a weekend but on a weekday, then I tend to just take a moment because I'm sitting there doing what I was doing before, which was working. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just kind of have a moment, right, because of how weird the world can be, right? I mean, we were just you know, on that original 9-11 day. We're all working I was sitting in a meeting in some conference room, and people started, you know, someone, I think the first person came in and said, you know, the Pentagon's been hit, we're under attack, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just yeah, like, yeah. what? The sky is falling. Right? It was just bizarre, right? And and so I just think uh, about that and uh, and how what, – what I – what, what I like to do personally is just think about the fact that that um, – how inconsequential work is, right, mm-hmm. in that – there's more important things in life, right? Yeah. It always reminds me that day to say work's important because it pays the bills, but it ain't that important. Right, right. I was so. looking for a job when I found this one. You yeah. know, it holds a for me. It holds a real significant uh, time in my life because the morning it happened, I still remember. I was actually ironing a pair of pants for work. You know, back when I actually wore you know nice 
closed for work. I yeah. don't do that anymore. Yeah, what's happened to you? Uh, I wore scrubs. Okay. So, but uh, um, I immediately had this this thought, I need to get out there. I need to do something, you know? Yeah. And it took me about a week. It took me about a week. I had to convince my bosses that I, you know, can get the time off, and it was unpaid, and I took two and a half weeks of unpaid leave and went out and helped clean up. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was not, you know, it was... Um, In a medical profession you went out to help, or just, just I went to out to just help clear up and clean up. I, you know, by the time I got out, there was no, no, no people to take care of as far as medical, but... Okay. I just felt like I needed to do it. Interesting. You know, it was really weird. And uh, I was... Uh, what do you Basically. think that came from? I mean, is that a part of just because you have been in the service and it's just kind of in your instinct to go react to that kind of thing? Yeah, or? I mean, it, 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 it's some of that, but it just it was so important. You know, it's like um, we've never as a nation been under attack, really. On I mean, our soil to that extent. To that soil. Other than Pearl Harbor, you know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. That, yeah, you know, except for obviously the, yeah, the Revolutionary War. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But the thing is, is... Uh, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I needed to do something. I went out there, met a lot of really cool people, you know, a lot of people from, you know, but it was sad. And the one thing that I always think about that I think brings it home for me and should bring it home for a lot of people is you can you imagine you go to work. It's just an ordinary Tuesday, right? And you go to work and you just take everything for granted. You know, you got a wife, you got kids, uh, everyone there in school, whatever. And now you're standing with a fire to your back, you're 88, 89 floors up, and you have to make a decision to either burn to death or jump. Okay? Yeah, that's... When you think about it like that... That's when the reality hits the road. That's the road, right. yeah. And you may have your cell phone, and you may call your wife to say your last goodbye yeah. on a day where you never even expected it, you know? Yeah. Um, when you th- when, I think when you think about it like that, it puts it all in perspective, and it gives you a real... You know, kind of a chop on. Wow. Yeah. This is a, this is really a tragedy, and yeah. three thousand people died. Yeah. Not to mention the firemen and the police. Yeah. We lost three hundred and forty-three firemen alone. Yeah, just in that. You know. Yeah. So that's unbelievable, and so, um, yeah, and I think most people are kind of out of touch about loss. You know, the war has been going on so long that, you know, when they say 50 soldiers were killed, people just, it's just like, okay. Yeah, they, for, you know, yeah. they forget that those people have families and they've got homes and they had, you yep. know, futures and lives. So, yep. And um, they're still, yeah, and they're still fighting um, and trying to figure out how to deal with the new world order that was created after that mm-hmm. event. Yeah, I mean. Which are still happening. You and I just traveled, right? We yeah. went to Pleasanton and what happened? You know, we basically got frisked. We went through a, a, an X-ray machine, the whole nine yards. That never happened before nine eleven. Yeah. You know, now it's routine. We take off our belts. We take off our shoes. Yeah. You know, they stick a finger in your keister. <laughs> right. Well, mine anyway. Yeah. I don't think that guy worked there. But you like it. That's true. <laughs> I should call that guy sausage fingers. <laughs> but uh, anyway, and he, he used two fingers. He told me he needed a second opinion. <laughs> so that stuff didn't happen prior to that. So. Yeah. Uh, it's been, you know, it's hard to believe it's been, what, uh, 12 years now? Is it 12 years, Candy? Is it 11 years? She's good with these kinds of things. 12? 12 years. I mean, it it seems like it was just a few years ago. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is amazing. Um, Really, you know, it's a big, it's a big deal and I think people need to remember it and, you know, I mean, we, we, we see people, they still have the, you know, remember Pearl Harbor. Yep. You know, so I always make sure that the night before 9-11, 
I always make sure I post something on Facebook just so people remember it. Yep. It doesn't have to be bought, just a flag. You know? Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, uh, so shouts to all of the family uh, in the military and friends that have been affected by that and, uh, and everybody from, from 9-11 and on. Um, and uh, we don't like to get into politics necessarily on uh, Fork Talk. We'll leave that for, for others. Um, all we, at least me personally, all I hope is that our representatives in the military uh, find wise and calm heads and prevail. Right. That's all I yeah. care about, right? You know, and just one more thing about that was, you know, we talk about, you know, what makes you feel like you need to do something. Right. And we were just talking about football season. Yeah. Okay, Pat Tillman right. of, the, uh, of the Cardinals, right? Yeah, yeah. He dropped millions of dollars to join the army as an enlisted guy, right. making like about eight hundred bucks a month. Yep, to go do it. He got rangered up, you know. He became a ranger, went to Afghanistan because he felt that deeply about his country, and he's that patriotic. And uh, and he unfortunately was killed. You don't see that kind of patriotism anymore. You know, it's not like World War Two. World War Two, you had stars flying bombing missions, Clark Gable. Right, Jimmy Stewart. They were all bomber pilots, you know. Guys, guys that joined the Marines, you know, and landed on beaches. Yeah, you know, we don't have that anymore. Tom Cruise isn't going to give up his goddamn contract, you know, and sign up to go to Afghanistan. Yeah. Not going to happen, you know. And yeah. he's got a lot of money, but he wouldn't do it. You know, yeah. we don't have men like that anymore. There's no more John Waynes in the world, you know. They're everyday heroes instead of yeah, you know, just yeah. something of a different. The type. stars that we look up to. Are not. I mean, they're paper. The they're paper tigers. Right. You know, they really are compared to the people that we should be looking up. To. I agree. I hear you, brother. I hear you. All right. All right. Hey. So, uh, and then finally, um, on pop culture and current events. Yeah, old- keeping it lively. We're going to talk about the oldest man in the world who just died. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, it's cool because it, it represents longevity. So, the oldest man in the world died September fourteenth. His name was, you want, you want me to butcher this as I usually do, Big Daddy? I'll tell you what, you yeah. start it and I'll finish it. Uh, <laughs> I forgot how to pronounce the first name. Salustania? Salustiano. Sanchez uh, Blasquez? <laughs> yeah. Is it Blasquez? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Blasquez. It's a hyphenated last name. Sanchez Blasquez. So his, his, his mom and dad were probably Sanchez and Blasquez, so they hyphenated the name. They would be a son. Right. He went by Shorty. Shorty. I yeah. would have thought he went but dirty. <laughs> dirty. Hey, now. Hey. Little <laughs> known fact about this guy. Did he? <laughs> he invented that. Did he invent the yeah, dirty Sanchez? Absolutely. Named after him. <laughs> well, uh, he was 112 years old, so he had plenty of time to practice, yes, if you did. know what I mean. And what was his occupation? <laughs> this solidifies actually the reason why his name was Dirty Sanchez. Uh, and what is that? He was a coal miner. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. It could have been worse Cole if he was a right? Well, hey, now. Yeah, hello. Uh, he was born in 1901. We just... In Spain. Really? With a name like that in Spain. 1901. Right. Emigrated to Cuba as a teen, and then America in the 1920s. He came through um, uh, Ellis Island, as a matter of fact. Wow. Yep. Awesome. And uh, as Big Daddy said, he was a coal miner, and it's possible that he was responsible for something other famous that no one else wants to talk about. I have no problem talking about it, and I actually think that he actually invented it. (laughs) Somebody's got to invent, you know. I mean, somebody invented 69. It didn't just happen. The sexual position. That was the French. The French did? Yeah, they claimed that. Okay. Yeah. That figures. (laughs) You know. We invented the missionary. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And doggy. No, I think that was an Eskimo thing. But hey, I'll, I'll tell you one thing about 
I'll tell you one thing about this guy, right? Um, he lived 112 years old, right? Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Now, can you imagine That's that? a long time. Most people die when they're like half that. Yeah. And they're considered a long life. Yeah. Right? It's good. So, uh, amazing. And, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's another little fact about him. Yes. Uh, also, that when asked about his, his the theory behind his longevity, he said that his diet consisted of one banana and six anison tablets a day. <laughs> what? Yeah. So... I, I don't think that's all he ate. I'm pretty sure he probably I'm hoping ate, he ate you know, something else. I'm hoping he at least maybe it was bacon or you know something on that schedule. But right. But uh, but uh, apparently that Banana. was that's what he attributed his longevity to. <laughs> but he was a 112, so you know he might have been some rambling. Who knows? You know. Right? Yeah, he wasn't quite all there. Even a cucumber for all you know, right? <laughs> cucumber and some Motrin. All right. Hey, that's pop culture. Roger that. We out. Pop culture out. puzzles me um, is the makeup of your audience it seems to be uh, predominantly young boys well it's a sexual thing really it's aside from the identifying that the boys do with us there's also like a, re- a reaction to the female of the female to our music well really they're quite fearful yeah that was my theory they see us on stage with tight trousers we've got you know armadillos and our trousers I mean it's really quite frightening the size yeah. And and they they run screaming. <laughs> All right, Big Daddy, we're back. Oh, what do we got going on here? We got segment one. Segment one, baby. Pleasant and experience oh. and failed interviews. Yes, we do, by golly. Um, so first of all, uh, for those who are completely Inebriated. not <laughs> in the world of the living, there's an awesome Highland Games in California every year. Called the Pleasanton Highland Games. Yeah, and this year was the 148th annual right. Pleasanton Games. 148th, and uh, yours truly, Haas, and the Big Daddy were there. Yes, indeed, representing. Representing, and it's such a big deal that even though a lot of you weren't there, tough, you're going to listen to it because it was awesome. That's right. <laughs> and we had two t-shirts, one for each day. It was. It was great. Yep. Um, first of all, before we get started, got to give big thanks to Steve Conway and Kel Mulray. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you for the invite and the great time that we had. Those guys are the high council of athletic directors. They know exactly what to do. It was the bomb. And um, uh, what we've got in this uh, segment is we did a bunch of recording live there. 
And so we wanted to share that because there's some good stuff there. We had oh, some yeah. fun time in the stands with some of the the uh, people watching <laughs> and some with the pros uh, <laughs> or, and with the uh, throwers and yep. stuff. And so we got some good stuff there. So, But Jay and I wanted to, to kick this off. Uh, we wanted to thank the athletes for the hospitality. Yep. Great. Just made us feel welcome, as always. Right. You just at a new place. Um, a little, we had a little side trip. I, I actually had work to do, right? So I go down on Friday. I've got a work meeting to go to. And then um, we were going to – and after that, Big Daddy and I had a little side trip. Big Indeed. Daddy says to me, Haas – there's something really special nearby that we're going to go check out. Right, and we're that close to it. We had to go see it. We went and saw it. What was that, Big Daddy? Well, in 1984, yes, NBC Sports, NBC Sports, filmed for broadcast the uh, Super Shot Put. Okay. Yeah. It happened okay. in the middle of the field at uh, San Jose City College. San Jose City College. I got to thank Brian Oldfield for telling, reminding me where it was, and I also have to thank my good friend Rob Suflon, who is actually a seventy-foot shot putter in his own right from back in the day. Thank you very much, Rob. Rob gave me the direction specifically to get to it. Yes. And uh, at that, and you guys can YouTube it, which is really cool. I want I want everybody listening. You know, drop what you're doing. If you're a thrower and yep. you appreciate throwing, if you're not a thrower, Island Games, yeah. anybody, who whatever likes sport. Yeah, if you if you want to see go. cool stuff, yeah, I'll tell you right now, drop whatever you're doing. I don't care if you're a fireman, you're putting out a fire. Drop that goddamn hose. <laughs> Get over your smartphone, okay? And I want you to look it up. It 1984 Super Shot Put. You can just look up. Actually, if you, if you reference Brian Oldfield, you'll see it. Yeah. And it, it, that day, on that day, four shot putters went over 70 feet in, Huge. in one competition. It was the first time that it ever happened, and I'm not sure that it's ever happened again. I can I can check that, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't. But here's the thing: Brian Oldfield at that point was a, he was later in his, late in his career. He was probably I want to say late 30s, early 40s, and he won with a with a throw of 72 feet nine and three quarter inches. Which at that point he actually took the that was the American record. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, of course, a little known guy by the name of uh, Randy Barnes basically stomped all over those records later on. But the thing is, is <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian held that record. He was the old man of the crew, and he actually took it. Now. Yeah. Um, it was really a great setting. It was the first time they'd actually broadcast it as its own basic show. You know, right. Normally you see track and field, they show running, and every once in a while they'll break off to a guy throwing a shot put, and then that's it, right? Right. It is it is kind of sad. This one, they made the they made it the hallmark of the show. They put the spotlight on the throwers, and they came through. They, yeah, they, it was they cool. They totally came through. And uh, Bruce Jenner was yep. there interviewing, which was really cool as well. Yep. You'll see that. Um, and before, you know, he got hooked up with a... Kardashian bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and they made a fool out of him. For yeah, the rest of it, was when, it was when he was not ridiculous. Yeah, when everyone still liked him and they knew him for you know, yeah. his 1976 gold uh, yep. uh, medal in uh, decathlon. decathlon. Yep. But um, Lynn Swan actually was there too. He was interviewing as well. Um, Carl um, Johnson yeah. was uh, the gold medal uh, runner. He was there. Cool. But it was really cool. Haas and I decided to go see it. We got directions. We drove over there. We found the field. We found the field. 
course, it's all changed. You know, it has 1984. Changed. But although we got out the video, yep. and we're literally looking at it. this is what's awesome about today's technology. Yeah. So we get the YouTube video up on our phone. We're looking at it, and we're trying to see the angle of the where they were videotaping it. Yep. And we we caught the angle of the stands, right. the old stadium, even though it's all changed and the infield's now astroturf and and it's all you know brand new. The some of the original the press main box. press box yeah. is still there. It's all the same. And so we ran around the back. We went around the back, drove around the back side of the facility. Yeah. It's all chained up, so we couldn't get in. But we found the angle from which they were doing some of the the viewing. Yep. And yep. we took a picture. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. cool. Very cool. So just being there was kind of fun. You know, it was kind of an interesting, fun thing to do. Um, and and we did it. We decided, you know, we're not going to be here very very much. We're not going to be here very often. Let's go ahead and make it happen. So yeah, we did. You it know? was good. It was weird, stupid, but we enjoyed it. I really liked it. I didn't know anything about it. I'm glad you introduced it to me. That's what this is all about. So I enjoyed doing that. What uh, do throwers do on vacation? We go find other they look throwers. For throwing stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, congratulations to all the athletes at Pleasanton. It was an amazing crew of throwers there. Um, we th- this so this next set of segment big daddy is all those recordings we did mm-hmm. um we recorded an intro there and we did on-field uh interviews and just kind of caught up with guys that we'd never talked with on on fork talk before right and it's just it's pretty funny there's some good stuff in there um the uh we also i think most importantly we got an interview really hot on the heels of a new world record absolutely yeah yeah uh, nick kahanick was there throwing in the uh, open A class. Mm-hmm. And he had just recently, the weekend before, right? Yep. He broke the world broke record. Broke the world record which for was held open by stone. Brian Oldfield. <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. It was held by Brian. Yep. And so we got Nick talking about that. And that was actually really insightful. There was a little, there was a, he gave some really good info in this about what was going through his head and the setup to it and all that. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Well, Nick Kahanick, and I think I may have said nice this before. Kid. He, you know, I threw with him at Inclaw um, this this uh, last this year. Yep. The the kid, he is like a bull in a china shop when he gets ready to throw, and then he makes his throw. It's very intense. And then he walks off and he just cuts a joke. Right. You know. Yep. Um, not too many people do that, especially you know track and field guys. But this guy's got a big track and field background. He's a twelve time All American. Uh, he's got, uh, he was a four, no, he's a four time, uh, national champion as well. So, you know, he's, he's thrown a shot, put over 60 feet, not too many of those guys. You yeah. Know? So, but a good kid. Super sweet. So, um, and super sweet. And Candy Sprinkle says super sweet. Cause he came to the famous clobacue. He did come to the clobacue. Yeah. And ate his fair share of, uh, he did. of Mac, of bacon Mac, bacon Mac, which uh, <laughs> gave me none. Um, so, Fork Talk Nation, this is a set of segments from Pleasanton on the field. You'll hear the normal characteristics of the microphone because we're picking up a lot of background noise and all that, which uh, should be awesome. You'll know that we're going from segment to segment because there will be a bit of a, a pause in between each one. And then Big Daddy and I will be back with the next segment. Right. A quick shout-out just in case it doesn't happen, but Bill Stillwell, uh, he was in our class, and I just want to give a big shout-out to that guy. He made the day a lot of fun, you know. Ivan Drago? Yeah. Oh, we interview him. He's honored. Yeah, we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. But just ripping us, you know, and just having fun. And he's just a good guy. And I I met him last year. And he's a maker of fine quality sheaves as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. He's a guy we may want to interview in the future and get him on the show. Good stuff. We out. Yep. Listen. How much is this? Just listen for a minute. Mr. Stein, listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would, though, if it were playing. But is it really. 
it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you don't have to pull. You can go, go and have a bite. No, you still yeah. be hearing that one. Yeah. Are we recording? We are. Hey, how yes. you doing? Jay O'Neill here. Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Haas. In the hizzy. We are here in the pavilion under the grandstands of Pleasanton. Pleasanton. The Pleasanton. The show. The, the, show. the big show. The big show. Hey. Hey, one does one does not just enter Pleasanton. No, you as, must be asked. As some old guy came up to us and said, "Hey, where do I go sign up for them <laughs> games? I want to come in as a novice." <laughs> yeah, the novice class roster is over there, sort of behind the big stadium. Right, right. And we and we just had a bunch of kids come over and um, and they want to take a picture with, of course, yeah. the big daddy. We took and pictures. Us. Yeah, we got our. Uh, Here's one of our fellow competitors just uh -oh. come up. Look, it's Monty. Monty, get over here, Monty. <laughs> no, Monty Mazur. Mon he's, he's a little bit shy. He's a little shy. Doesn't want to be online. Great thrower. Um, so yeah, we're just sitting here minding our business, having a Scotch ale. A twelve dollars Scotch ale, by yeah. the way. Yeah, I think we need Thank to work you, by on the these way, prices. <laughs> hey, where do we fill out the loan paperwork? I'm thinking about having lunch. I know. Uh, but we just took pictures with uh, some kids, and uh, oh yeah, cute kids. Which was good, Those and some, and some, boys. and of course, as always, actually, this happens all the time. Some lady comes up and says, "Are you Jesse and Bubba?" <laughs> um, no. Well, we were told to come to a Highland Games event and look for Jesse and Bubba. She said, "Look for a couple of big guys." Well, yeah, like Perfect. like yeah. that's easy to do. Hey, go to a bodybuilding competition and look for the guy with the muscles. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, um, the funny thing is, I know exactly who she's talking about. Her daughter knows uh, Mark Bell and Jesse Burdick, and they're both uh, world-renowned powerlifters. And uh, uh, Mark Bell runs a gym, and it's a big, big body. Uh, I'm sorry, powerlifting gym. And so they're they probably are here. I just haven't seen them. Ah, okay. So we're in the grandstands, and they're just finishing up the pipe bands. Yep. And um, it's we're, almost we're, time for the afternoon, uh, Sunday afternoon challenge events. Exactly. Yes? We're bored off our asses because the pipe majors are doing their little competition. That's true. And we're going to do a little Some guy just shot field. me a dirty look because I said pipe majors suck. Fuck uh, you. And we're going to do some... <laughs> 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 and so we're going to... Let's not get into it only because there's like about 500 pipers gonna, here. I'm going to stick that pipe on that guy's ass. Hang on a second. <laughs> So we're going to do a little uh, on-field interviewing. Yes, we are. Hey, you know who I met today? Pros. Who? Who'd you meet today? Well, I've met him in the past, but I'm sure he doesn't remember. Okay. Uh, the big chief himself. Big Jim McGoldrick. Five-time Island Games world champion. Yes. Awesome guy. I introduced and myself as well, and he went, ha, yeah, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he walked over. I kind of cornered him a little bit. And, uh, of course, I introduced myself, and he and I said, hey, have you ever heard of our little podcast there? And he goes, oh, yeah, I've actually tuned in for a couple of minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, well, they're about two hours long, so thanks for nothing. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm just kidding, in case he's listening. But I asked him if he wanted to uh, um, do an interview with us, and he said yes. Right. So I actually have a verbal, hey, look, tilt inspector. Look at this. Shoot. Lady just walked by with a shirt that says "Kilt Inspector." We're always on the lookout because that's bad. Yeah, I don't think they're official. No, they're not official. Uh, Candy Sprinkles and Devil Ange are the only kilt official inspectors in our world. That's true. Get that lady away from me. Right, yeah. girls, love you. 
<laughs> See that? We did the last week. We kicked the kilt inspector away to that, the curb. That's right. That just happened. That just happened. It just happened. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I asked him if he'd be uh, willing to do an interview with us. He said, yeah. So, basically, I have a verbal contract with Jim McGoldrick to do an interview. It's like putting it in blood. Pretty much. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know I'm going to hold him to it. Right. And the crowds here, as I had heard, but you can only imagine them if you're here in person. Everybody who hasn't been to Pleasanton or maybe the Celtic Classic probably hasn't been to a venue that's this damn big. Right. I mean, we're talking the Enumclaw, Portland in our world, and some of the other uh, venues down south. They're not this big. No, if you took Enumclaw, Portland. Uh, <laughs> and several others. And Skagit. And say uh, Legrand and Victoria. Yeah, and put them all together. <laughs> they would basically take up the lightweight for distance area here at uh, Pleasanton. <laughs> it's it's big. It's, Maybe the infield. There's when there's several thousand people in the stands cheering as the caber goes over. It is really cool. Indeed. Yeah, it's this cool. place is huge. Hopefully, we'll hear a little bit. We're at the Alameda County Fairgrounds here in the lovely Alameda County, of course. That's right. Wherever that is. A lot of palm trees. Uh, by the invitation of Steve Conway and Kel Mulray, yep. the man in charge. That's right. Steve Conway, the athletic director, and his uh, cohort, uh, uh, Kel Mulray, who's a very good, they're both very good friends of ours. We had supper with them the other night and had a good time and talked about Highland Game history, which we all love, of course. Yep. Yep. And, uh, of course, we picked up the check. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we're Scottish. I mean, or they're Scottish. They're Scottish. They're more Scottish than we are. <laughs> I'm Polish and Irish, so I guess you know that's the way it works. Oh yes, uh, it's been an awesome weekend. Oh yeah. Um, and I wanted to kick this off just with a little bit of us first before we got into other people. Oh, because, I don't know where to talk about anybody else. Because this trip, <laughs> you know, because we travel together with without our entourage. Every once in a while, we have to make that concession, right? That's and true, it yeah. sucks because we'd rather have the ladies with us. Absolutely. But we miss we, them every second we're gone. We do, but but when we are together, uh, it's always special. And this was a very special time for me because I got to throw in Pleasanton for the oh, first yeah. time, yep. which yep. is the bomb. That's right. It was an up-and-down day for me on Sunday for Talk Nation. I had a OK Stone, a world-class shitty hammer that really aggravated me, 10 <laughs> feet off my normal. But then I pulled it out with a big uh, weight for distance that was near my PR, oh, which yeah. was good. I got to say, that hammer of yours, it built up and built up and then went. <laughs> it, was, it sucked. I mean, it really it looked em- like it was going to go. It was and embarrassing. Heavy hammer yesterday, you were doing okay. You are holding yeah, your own. It was okay, yeah. You know, and then heavy weight for distance, Haas hits two throws within a couple of feet of his PR of all time, I believe. Yes, I did. And uh, which was great to see, and he was very excited. And what, and what happened was something that never usually happens in the Highland Games with Haas. He screws the pooch during an event, okay? So he totally screws the pooch on hammer, and then he shakes it off, and he just go, drives on, and he goes over to heavyweight, and he forgets all about the hammer, and he nails it. And I made that and wait my biatch. That's what he's never done in the past. He learned. So here's to you, Haas. It's true. That's I'm a round of applause. Very happy. Well, it, throwing with that much talent on the field yeah. in our class and the others is inspirational. You pick up a ton of stuff. The guys that were throwing were insane. Um, the the amount of smack talk <laughs> in the master's class was reached new proportions. It I mean, we've phenomenal. done some big smack talking, yeah. but we hadn't been there more than two seconds. I didn't even know these guys, and they're like, eh, you kind of suck. Yeah. 
<laughs> they're all awesome. Over yeah, and that's the funny thing. I only see these guys once a year, and, of course, this is when they decide to get it all out on me. And, of course, wait a minute. I know we'll do this later, but shouts as well. We got to see the Saunders brothers. Uh-oh. Adrian, Adrian and Wilson. Joe. Come over here. Get your asses over here. Come over here. Oh, my gosh, this is great. Look what we got here. We got the Joe Wilson and his lovely bride, Adrian Wilson. How are you guys? We are doing well. Pretty good, pretty good. Stick it in your mouth. Yeah, really? <laughs> we're both kind of hobbling a little bit, but we're here. Yep. We're enjoying the entire show. It's the, it's the Wilson curse, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the Wilson curse, okay? He basically hurts his ankle and then transfers that energy to his wife. I was in Scotland at the time, and Joe was back in South Carolina. It probably was to the minute that we both you know, suffered our injuries. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Pretty weird. Crazy. Probably. You were in comic need. And so first of all, before we go into any more detail, I just want to say that I met Joe for the first time on this trip, and I'd heard all about him because you talk about him, you know, like he's your brother from another mother. Um, but he has the most mesmerizing soft and beautiful flowing beard yeah and it's 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 it's, it is like yeah it's it's like biblical the way they described the you know the jewish rabbis with the oil dripping off their beards pretty much yeah yeah that was that's called that's called jewish porn yeah it's good you should know you're polish yeah it's true hey wait So Jay's insulted some small children, just having having fun. Sorry. So it was probably one of the greatest things in your whole life, Joe, to be able to mark for Jay and I today? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I look back at all the highlights of, of my life, uh, and that was definitely one of the uh, probably top two. Easy. Easy. Oh, that was good. And, and watch and, this. I'm going to beat up a couple of little girls. Hang on for a second. I'll be right back. So we found out just recently that Adrian has got a ACL tear. Is it a tear, an ACL tear? What's the deal? It is gone. So I need a reconstruction of the ACL. I think I'm going with hamstring, but I've had some naysayers. So we're going to have to look into that a little bit more. Wow. Yeah. All right. And and did you put your brace on yet so Big Daddy, Big Daddy starts yelling at you? It's swole, it come down enough today to, yeah, to put it back on? Put the brace back on. Uh, hopefully I can... Uh, Keep the swelling under control here. Very good. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us on Fork Talk. You've been on now a couple times, Adrian. This is awesome. Jade, what did you do to those poor children? Hopefully I traumatized them for life. That's what I'm thinking. You're just successful. All right. I think we need to move on because I think security is coming. like eight. Yeah, Adrian says they're like eight, dude. That's wrong. All right, Masters Class, Pleasanton, 40 to 49, starting the challenge event for WOB. They're starting at a whopping 16 feet. In the air. That means 16 feet, six, 16 feet for all of you people who compete and start at, hey, what should we go in at, 9, 10? Yeah. We're at 16. They're opening up at 16. Open, hey. Opening at 16. We have Mon- come here, Monty. <laughs> what is this all about? Monty, say hi to the Fork Talk. What are you wanted by the FBI or something? Right. Say hi to the Fork Talk Nation. 
Hello, Fort Talk Nation. Yeah, see. Where are you from? I'm from Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara, California. Let me ask you a question. Is this, of all the games you compete in, is this the one you compete in, all, the only one you compete in during the year, or do you compete more? The last few years, this has been the only this one. This has been the one, yeah. yeah. So this is my second year here at Pleasanton. I met Monty last year. Nice guy, you know. Good dude. Hangs out, throws. Always always a chatterbox in the field, right? <laughs> I told him today, uh, for a guy who only throws once a year, you're pretty damn good. Oh, well, thanks. Thank I you. I was telling him I wish you'd shut up so I could concentrate. All right. Here he goes to throw him. Did Ken make that? Make Did, did Ken make that? Hey, Ivan Drago, did he make that? No. Ken Lothar went straight up and straight down. Ouch. Ouch. It looks like Big Daddy. Basically, uh, Monty's like the phantom. We actually got, we actually captured his voice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's now going back off the grid. All right, here comes Ivan Drago, a.k.a. Bill Stillwell, a.k.a. Asshole. <laughs> Nobody likes this guy. Uh, he's a shoplifter. Uh, he had a pickpocket. And he went high and back and missed. High and back and missed. Let's get a quick interview with Mr. Stillwell when he gets back over. Okay, we'll do that. Next up, Mark Wechter, our homegrown boy. PNW. No. Mark, you can be in the lead. Come here. Yeah. I want to interview you real quick. Right? We'll get, we'll get you too there, Dave. Don't you go away. Yeah, don't go away, Dave Brown. Yeah, we got... We got we got uh, Bill No Height Stillwell. <laughs> no, yes, Bill. Yes, Bill just missed. What happened, Bill? Oh, Mark made it and I didn't. Well, that's kind of funny. That's the way things have been going for the the whole weekend, isn't it? <laughs> Mark yeah. Wechter makes it when nobody else does. Yes. Right. So, so Bill's a local guy. Where are you from? I'm from Discovery Bay, California. We're about 30 minutes away from uh, Pleasanton Fairgrounds here. Is this kind of your home game? Uh, it's yes, one of them. Yeah. So I'm pretty fortunate to be uh, so close to Pleasanton every year. Do you, how often do you throw? How many times a year do you get games in? Uh, five to six games a year. Really? That's all? That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. a lie, personally. I think he only does Pleasanton. Yeah, no, nobody in the Pacific Northwest ever invites me to their games, <laughs> so I have to stay and participate in California all the time. Yes. There's a reason for that. He's a known pickpocket and thief. <laughs> right, he's a criminal and we don't want him. Here comes Dave Brown. So... First of all, uh, Bill, we've loved throwing with Dave here. Yes. Out of the blue, Dave Brown, he's a professional, right? Was. He has, was, was a professional. Yes. A, and a huge one, right, yes. back in the 90s. Yes. And now he comes out, hasn't thrown in four years, shows up, starts throwing. Hey. And he just sidearms 16 feet. It went probably 18. Yes, it's awesome. And it's been fun to watch him throw. Yeah. Yeah. He's, very, he just, he's very, laughing at us. He's very self-assuming. I mean, he's, he's not a... He's he's a mild mannered kind of guy. Yes. Right. Yes. He does like the banter though. He likes give. He hasn't really given a lot of shit. No. He just likes hearing us give each other shit. Yes. Yeah. Right? He he he's smiling and laughing a lot at what's going on next to him. Right. Yes. While he throws then fifty feet and yeah. heavy. As he kicks our butts. <laughs> it is. It's amazing. It yes. is amazing. It's that muscle memory. Here comes Josh. Okay. There we go. Up and over easy. Now we're on track. Yeah. Two feet on that one. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Josh is amazing to me as well. What's Josh's last name? Grace. Grace. Yes. And he's a local guy as well? Yes. Uh, Josh is from Santa Rosa, and so he does a lot of the local Northern California games as well. Okay. 
And I, what I love about Josh is he's kind of one of those farmer strong guys. I mean, he doesn't look like he'd be super strong. Yeah. But he's he's tall and he's kind of sinewy. Yeah. And he's just he just is huge. He, he explodes. Yes. He he's got a uh, track and field background uh, disc and shot, and his his uh, dad was a. Uh, a coach in track and field, so he comes by this naturally. Okay, yeah. Roger. Yeah, that so. that makes sense. That makes that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because when we were doing Wob yesterday, and he's just balling at 18 feet, I'm just like, what the hell? I watched him. I watched him do 19 feet, and that thing exploded from between his legs and just skyrocketed. It was awesome. Excuse me. You're up. Oh, Bill's, uh, go Bill's up. Jay, I want you to. I want you to call this one. Next up, we got Bill Nohite Stillwell. He's uh, six foot five, 110 pounds. He does actually look like Ivan Drago. He's got a, a flat top and really tall, lean. Yeah, he's, he's like I said, he's six foot five. He looks just like Ivan Drago, except like if he was in a oh, just a bit outside. Damn, that's he pulled back on it a bit. He's got the height. He's just pulling back on it a bit. Did it come off your glove? Oh, your glove came off. Oh, you can hear the crowd. Someone just got a turn. That would be the, uh, the the 50 and up masters just got a turn? No, actually, I just took my shirt off. <laughs> oh, Nick Hannock didn't turn that challenge, Caber, almost. Fork Talk Nation, we're at 18 feet in the WOB for the uh, men's masters. Dave Brown just went over easily, and Jay didn't think much of it. Comment? No comment. <laughs> I think as a professional, an ex-professional, I guess, that I don't think he acts very professional. What do you think, Mr. Brown? Oh, no, no comment. He's got nothing to say. <laughs> well, I, was, I wanted you to clarify expert. <laughs> ex-professional what? Professional rodeo rider. There you go. Right. <laughs> No, Dave Brown uh, does an amazing side sling, which is we're all kind of envious of, I think. You know, um, have you always done that side sling, or uh, have you done uh, spinning or standing? What's, what's your favorite? Well, actually, the favorite right now is kind of the side sling. Yeah. Um, you know, I've done standing from since 1993 up till I don't know 2004. Started doing some full spin, experimenting with it the year before Harrison Bailey came out, and then. Um, Started doing some side sling over in Scotland where they had banned the spin. Actually, did the side sling in front of the Queen at Bramar. Yeah. Set a uh, record at several games, throwing 16, 10, uh, nearly 17 feet. And um, I mean, to me, that's pretty eye opening uh-huh. over there. And you know, you come back over here, it's still considered a stand. I've done it here at Pleasanton when I was a pro. Uh, best I did was 17.6 with a 56 pound weight. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it feels great. You know, for me, I'm not as flexible, so taking my body mass you know i'm 360 so to squat down do a full deadlift and come back up you're basically doing a deadlift or jump shrug or however you want to look at it and pulling the weight whereas a side sling i can rotate put a bunch of mass from one side shift it to the other and um it's a it, it caters well to just moving mass right um right. you know what you saw there was more of almost a um kind of like a jump shrug right right well i think um after seeing it and after I know I did yesterday in the WOB with my standing technique, which has been sucking all year, I'll be adopting it somehow. <laughs> As will maybe I bet you, I bet you half of these guys will train with, they'll practice it just to see how good they are at it. What do you think, Haas? Well, they'll be thinking about it for sure. Yeah, especially as uh, it's always a challenge when someone makes it look semi-effortless. Yes, as Dave is doing. 
Um, it's great to see you back out here, Dave, by the way. Oh, thanks, Brett. Hey, it was good to meet you out here. Good to, good to see you out throwing. Yeah, it was. Um, you came out, of course, at Skagit, I think it was, up in our world. You live in Northern California, yes? I live up in Redding, a couple hours north of here. Okay. And uh, up and down the coast a bit. So and it's good to see him in the master's class, uh, one of the greats, and still great. It's amazing. The, the, uh, it, it's like riding a bike, baby. You never actually really lose it. Well, I think you know to pedal, but there's a, there's a lot of differences. Let me tell you, I feel it. Well, but Fork Talk Nation, what you can see is when Dave actually finds his position, Big Daddy, when Dave had to walk away, when, 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 when Dave finds that position and actually gets into that spot, yeah. then it's gone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it just sails. It definitely sailed. On that last wob, it was just his his position. Instead of pulling to the left on it, he was just in the right position, and it, and it had extra power. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me talk a little bit about you know Dave Brown coming back because it's interesting. You know, uh, I was up at Skagit, which is a wee little games up in uh, our neck of the woods in Washington, and in the morning we're just kind of sitting there checking in, and uh, I see this guy walk across the field. I'm like, God, that looks like Dave Brown, and of course I know who he is because I watch all the old Celtic Classic videos and such, right? And uh, because I, I consider myself the number two historian behind David Webster of the Highland Games. And anyway, I'll sign your book if you want. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I see him and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if that's him. It could be him. Why would he be here? You know, and then sure oh. shit. Oh, sorry. Uh, Fork Talk Nation, that is the sound of someone turning a caber on the main grandstands in Pleasanton. Uh, the A's were just overthrowing that. And that was... Adam Brazina. Adam Brazina, nice. nice He's a good egg. Look how excited he is. Yeah, yeah it's like it's like freaking Sparta here. <laughs> it's like goddamn gladiators. The son of a bitch is running around like a crazy man. Got the whole crowd cheering. He should jump up and yell, "Are you not entertained?" Like I did in Enumclaw two years ago. Anyway, so <laughs> let's get back to this uh, Dave Brown subject. Huh? I think they're at nineteen now. Nineteen. So it turns out that uh, it was Dave Brown, and I introduced myself, and uh, we had a lovely day throwing together, and uh, he's a really just a congenial, nice, uh, humble guy, and you would never actually think that he's actually a true legend of the games by the way he acts, but he's he's all grace, and he's all, you know, just very professional, and he's willing to help people, you know, just a really nice down-to-earth guy, and his wife and kids are, are, are lovely. And he brings them with him as well, and it's just fun to see him getting back into the games. Now, he's up, and we're at 19 feet with the uh, 42-pound weight over bar. Um, we're going to watch him do his dramatic side sling again. I think the thing about the side sling that gets people is it's, it's rarely done, okay? I, you don't see it all the time. You see people stand. You see people, you know, do the spin and all that stuff. But as you, uh, as you see... Oh, yeah, you're right. There's Mike Zolkowitz, the world record holder in WOB. He's going for it, but uh, he makes it easily. Over about 16 feet, it looks like. So Dave's setting up there. He's got his, uh, he's got the hand on the weight. He swings it back. He swings it throw. And whoop, up, and oh, just catches the handle, ladies and gentlemen. Just a bit outside. But uh, anyway, Dave is a true world-class professional, and it's lovely to have him here. And I think everyone would agree, including Haas, even though he's a little bitter. Bitter? I'm not bitter. <laughs> I love him, man. It's good stuff. 
All right, so Fork Talk Nation, we've, we are standing, Big Daddy and I are standing in front of the grandstands, and we've got the, we got Caber from the, the Masters 50 and up, and the A's going on other, each side of us on the far side, and then in the center is three WAP standards. One has um, the 40 to 49 Masters, Mark Wechter about to go for 19 feet and pulls back and just misses. We have on the center uh, trig um, standards, uh, Big Dan McKim in the pro class about ready to go over, which he makes, and the bar stays. Very nice, Dan. And on the far is the women elite, and uh, Christy Scott just finished up there. Very nice. We're going to start wandering around and get some uh, interviews. That's what Dave's going to do? Yep. Dave Brown. So Dave Brown just finished hitting 20 feet. No, 19 feet, one inch to break the record. The field record at uh, Pleasanton was 19 feet uh, standing, uh, Wob. He went uh, 19-1, broke that on his uh, third and final attempt. And so we raised the bar to 20 feet, 2 inches to break, well, it might be 20 feet, 3 inches to break Kerry Overfelt's uh, standing world record, standing of 42 Wob. At he's at twenty feet two inches. Wow! Say that with a mouthful. <laughs> this is good stuff. We got the pros. Christy Scott just went way over the bar. That's unusual. Fork Talk Nation. This is Hoss. I'm going over to the fifty and up Masters. I'm saddling up next to one of the competitors. He's watching his brother actually throw right now. Introduce yourself. Hello, my name's Paul Saunders. And who's up on the cable right now? An old man named Roger Saunders. Yes. Your brother. Yes. yes. He's old, 19 months older, but definitely older and uglier. A.K.A. Gandalf. I gave him that name for his wicked uh, <laughs> uh, sheaf fork. How big he's, is actually, he's actually leading this competition. He has a 1210. Oh, nice. How big is this stick? It, they say it's 16. They say it's 95. Probably doesn't make quite that much. I think it's dried out some. He's doing the dance with it. There's a bit of a wind, but he's got the wind going uh, with him, which is good. Yep. Get I hope he does lousy, it. actually. Get a run with it. Get a run with it. Come on. Find it. Find it. And he turns it. Now I have to go throw a 12 to win. And the crowd goes wild. Oh, do you really? Yeah, if I don't throw a 12, he wins. Well, so Fork Talk Nation, you're going to hear it now. He's going to get a 12. Heck yeah. All right. Just like Haggis. Yeah, baby. That, he's also a professional haggis eater that we just saw. I'll get Roger to come over here and talk about his brother when he is doing his caber, and then it'll be great. All right? Here he comes. And Roger stands the caber up for his brother, and he's got it. Now he's going to come over here. Hey, Gandalf. Gandalf, come over here. Fork Talk, here we are. Introduce yourself. Uh, Roger Saunders. And Roger, your brother, is now on the caber? He is, Paul Saunders. What did you get on that last one? It was a 115, and I, oh. think, that was a, I think the 115 was gracious, honestly. And he just he just predicted on Fork Talk Nation that he's going to get a 12 right now. He needs to because right now I have a 1210, and I'm ahead of him. Ooh. All right, he's got it into his shoulder, tucked in, doing the dance. He looks very determined. What is he doing? He looks like he's at one with that log. He's trying to move it forward. He is. He's at one. He's going to about to kiss it. There it goes. Oh, oh, he, oh no, I don't oh, think he did it. Oh, it 
just turned on him just at the end. It was a it was a nice clean pull. It was. It was a very good pull. It's hard on this track because there's a little bit of a angle down on the track. Right. So he he needed to kind of almost throw it uphill a tiny bit. There. A little bit, but it's hard to do. That's hard to figure out. You kind of just have to throw it and turn it and hope for the best. I feel for the judges too because it's a hard one to judge. I think it is hard to judge. I asked Mark if that was hard to judge. He says no, I got it. But he's been judging about what 20 years or so, so he's pretty good. So you have officially beat your brother in this event? I have officially beat my brother. And, you know, if I'd done that, then that's pretty much all there is to it, right? Right. Where else do you go from there? <laughs> Where else? He's pretty good. If I could beat my brother at Caber, though, that's good because he's pretty good with it and he usually beats me. Well, for a newbie, because he's only just really started getting serious about throwing, he's doing very well. Yeah, because he just really started practicing with us full-time for about a year now. So He was talking with Big Daddy and I earlier and uh, talking about how he really wants to get into it and when he goes to Scotland, be respectable. Yeah, I think he'll do well, being re- very respectable. Well, now, respectable, of course, is a... <laughs> That's a, it's a, very that's relative, a relative term. term, right? Very relative term, but but if you get respect from your big brother, right? You know, so <laughs> well, we got to watch here. It's a little wobbly on the cable right now. There you go. Now you're rolling. Oh, you got to turn. Very nice. Got to turn. All right, so brothers, sorry about that. No twelve. He ran away from us. Ran away. He's doing his caper duty. He is doing a very good I don't job. Doing duty is a really good thing to talk about on him, but <laughs> he's taking good care of that long pole. <laughs> yes, you heard it here first. Paul's always the kind of guy that he's so strong. He always shows. I remember when we were playing basketball in high school, and some kid got hurt on the court. He ran over and just picked him up and carried him to the bench. This is how he is. He just likes to pick people. Oh, what a sweetheart! <laughs> so yeah, so that's just how he is. I'm I'm flanked by the Saunders brothers right now. I basically I feel like a big giant piece of man candy. He's a Saunders sandwich. That's I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know if you're the big, big, you better you better be say things right, my friend. Right, Big Daddy, help! Come get me. <laughs> All right, who is this on the camera now? Uh, this is uh, Mark Buchanan. He's uh, he was the he's the world champion in the 50 to 459 at Masters World Championships this year. Nice. And Mark, I see, as a Buchanan, actually doesn't wear that ugly yellow Buchanan tartan. I've hardly ever seen him wear a Buchanan. He wears a black watch most of the time. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 12. He's got to give him a 12. What? What's he going to call that? I bet, be, I bet it beats me, though. I hope it's, I hope it's less than 11.55. 11.55? Oh, come on. Big Daddy. I'm always on. Yeah, baby. What's up? You are always on. We are here with a couple special people, um, some of them more special than others. That's right. We've got some special guests today, don't we? We do. We do. Um, with us is Nick Kahanick. Nick Kahanick out of upstate New York. What part of New York are you from, Nick? Uh, an hour and a half south of Buffalo. Go Bills. Woohoo! Don't Jim Kelly. Yeah. Welcome, so. welcome to Fork Talk, <laughs> a program you've never seen or heard about before. Or listen to. I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you. It's uh, it's always been a dream of mine to be on Fork Talk. I've been dreaming about it since a little kid. So I appreciate you guys having me. That's awesome. We know that. Let's let's cut to the chase. 
So there you are. You're at your last competition, right? Yep. And uh, you got this stone. And uh, you're a, you're basically a really good shot putter. You were a four-time all a four-time national champion yep. and a 12-time All-American, correct? Yeah, 13. 13. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, really well, the one didn't count because it was against it was in the Paralympics. Right. Well, I was in the women's class. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say that. He was competing as a woman. Yeah, yeah, it was the women's class and I actually took 8th. Which is the last spot you get for yeah. All-American. And then you forgot to take off your humongous fanny pack, and that threw your balance off. That's what it was. Right. That's what it was. <laughs> so I, any- I, It's a satchel, okay? It's a satchel. It's a man person. Yeah, it is. So where, so where were you? Where, what games was that? It was the Amherst, it was the Amherst uh, Celtic Heritage Festival okay. uh, right outside of Buffalo. Is that pretty big games where you are? Um, it's uh, one of the longest running um, in our area. It's, it was the 29th. Uh, this year, uh-huh. um, which is awesome. We had a couple of guys come out, and uh, they actually threw in the first uh, competition there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So um, it was it, it was kind of humbling to see, you know, those guys come out and compete and, uh, and you know, really take us back. You know, it's, right. it's, it's very cool. It's very cool to see those guys still, you know, hanging around the sport and, and to be honest, competing at a pretty high level, yeah. you know, so it's pretty that, awesome. Well, that's the cool thing about the sport. You know, you got guys from all ages and, and stuff like that and they all intermix. Like, you know, I met, I met Nick at Enumclaw because I was thrown as an A that day. They let me squeak in and uh, we'd never met each other and we, we got along great. You know, we had a good time. And um, and then that's kind of I mean I've been researching them and I knew a little bit about them but uh, then you go to this Amherst and you do what? And, and little did we know there at Enumclaw, does, he came to the Clawbacue as well. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, was semi quiet, you know. He he wasn't totally out there yet because he didn't know us really. He was trying to be on his best behavior. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to behave myself. And and you're uh, so you've got open stone at Amherst, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and just walk us through it. What, what, what yeah. happened? And your first throw was? Uh, 60 feet, 6 inches, okay. which um, was a, to be honest, that was actually my goal for the day, um, was to throw 60 feet, 5 inches, because I was, before that day, I was number one in the world in open stone with a 60 foot even. And over in Scotland, they had the world stone championships that I apparently wasn't invited to. And um, one of the guys threw 60 feet five. Oh, okay. So for about, they're, they're about five hours ahead of us. So for about three hours, I was number two in the world. Right. And I found out about it, and I was like, all right, 60 feet six, not only does that break the amateur world record by a few inches, but it also puts me number one in the world again. So my first throw was 60 feet six inches, and I felt pretty good about it. So Nice. So... So what was your progression on that? You had three throws. What were they exactly? It was uh, 60 feet 6, 60 feet 10, and then 61-1. Right. And um, as I threw the 61-1 and I was celebrating, I noticed that they were bringing the pipe bands on the field. <laughs> I to... this time telling us <laughs> yeah. this. It's a good story. Yeah, they were, they were bringing the pipe bands on um, and... Do, doing opening ceremonies at noon and and everything like that. And you're jacked because you I'm, just went yeah. Like, I just went 61 <laughs> feet. You know, I'm number one in the world, amateur world record holder, and I've got my extra throws coming up. And they're bringing pipe bands on, and I'm just standing there like scuffing my foot like a bull. I'm ready to take out every piper on the field. I'm like, get off my field now. I'd have paid. You know, I'd have paid to watch that. I'm just I'm just saying, like I I was raised, at, you know, with 
the saying that, you know, pipers blow while real men throw. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I was We're looking at them that. going, uh, there's like 40 or 50 of them. They need at least another 40 or 50 to stop me from wrestling all of them. <laughs> so, uh, and a few drummers. Yeah, and a few drummers because they've got sticks. Right. But obviously the intensity was caught by the AD, yeah. and he said, "Let's get, okay, yeah. wait a minute, right, clear the field." <laughs> the uh, the athletic director of the day was uh, Bob Vale, and I don't know if you've ever met oh, Bob yeah. Vale, oh, yeah. but he's uh, he's uh, six foot six. He's got about a four inch white and, and black goatee. He was the leader of the King Kingsman Motorcycle Club in Buffalo. Probably the scariest individual over the age of 50 that I have ever met. And uh, because I'm 49. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I didn't say the sexiest. I said oh, the scariest. Okay, I said okay. the scariest. And um, and to be honest, I uh, you know, he took one look at the Pipers and kind of gave them a go back and they uh, they stopped dead in their tracks and you know, Went and back. they 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 went back pretty quick. So, uh, so luckily, I was, uh, you know, allowed to uh, take a fourth throw to uh, try to increase my record. So, right. And you do a modified South African? I, I do. I do a modified South African. Um, I, I can full spin. I, you know, obviously, I full spun with the shot put. Um, I, I don't know if I'm ready, and quite frankly, I don't know if the world's ready for that. <laughs> well, but but in this, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But in this instance, it was a uh, modified South African. How big was the stone? It was uh, 16 pounds, 16.164 pounds. Wow. And this is all caught on video. You can see it on Facebook and stuff. It's uh, posted around. And and so on that last one, um, you got into it. Wasn't you, you were saying it wasn't actually perfect necessarily as far as your <laughs> positioning, right? <laughs> actually, uh you know, I, I I got done with the day throwing, and uh, I got congratulations from about a hundred people through text message. And I'm going through, and about 60 texts deep, I uh, finally answered my best friend, and he had seen the video already. They posted it from the field, and um, it wasn't a congratulations or I'm proud of you. You know, the the kid's like my little brother. You know, like so I expected a lot of things. You know, love you, man. You know, something, and he's like. You know, to be honest, uh, you were a little slow. Um, you you missed your rap just by a hair. Uh, you opened up a little too early, and your strike it wasn't right, quite right at the at, at the right angle. So, um, if you could go ahead and do it right next time, I was like, Matt, my best friend's Matt Hand. I was like, um, uh, Matt. Um, I was like, oh, Matt. Uh, thanks, buddy, and um, I hate you. Love, Nick. So, uh, and he explained the same to us when he was explaining what he did on that throw. Right, Pretty right. Nice. I once I watched the video, I was like, "Wow, he's actually right." However, it absolutely. You want to come in at thirteen? Nick Hannah's coming in at thirteen. Quick pause. That's that's called a dramatic pause, Big Daddy. That's right. Because he hasn't told us what happened yet. Well, no. Well, and the thing is, uh, he's not going to. Look at that. And he throws over 13 feet with the 56 pound. He walks away from our interview, runs over, flips it over the bar, and then runs back. Here he is. Right. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I had to warm up. So, um, so you, you, you go ahead, go. So tell this us what is your one extra throw. Yeah. Um, you know, a little fired up because I was throwing great. I was uh, I was hitting the stone, and. Uh, when I'm hitting the stone, I usually crank it out to about 58, 59, 60. Um, on a really nice stone, I'll get it out to 60 and change. And uh, 
I was bringing some speed, and I was a little fired up, ready to wrestle 40 pipers. Hmm. And, um, I, you know, I had nothing to lose. I had hit my goals for the day, and uh, it was just one of those one of those times you're playing with house money. You can just go after, right. you know, right. you can do whatever you want, and, you know, who's going to say anything, you know? Like, right. yeah. you'd, you'd already accomplished the goals for the day, and, um, you know, just go out and have fun with it. And I ripped on it, and... Uh, once it once it left my hand, I'll tell you what. I mean, I think you guys saw the uh, the video from the left yeah, side, yeah, I saw the and um, that was a great I walked I walked out of the back and I looked like a goon because uh, <laughs> I had a just a mortified look on my face because I knew it was you know something pretty special, and um, that was probably one of the best feelings. He walked about thirty or forty feet, right? And he looked like Sasquatch, like they catch him on camera doing the Sasquatch walk with this look on his face. That was just like dumbfounded, like, uh, uh, uh. Did that really just happen? <laughs> it was Did that just happen? It was beautiful, though. It was funny. It was, it was fun to watch. That video, we watched it together, uh, I think it was Friday night, and uh, I watched it two or three times. I'll tell you, that was that was a beautiful, not only was it a beautiful throw, but the reaction afterward was priceless, you know, because, you know, you see a lot of guys, you know, they'll do a championship throw and they'll get excited or whatever, but this was, it was almost like a humble excitement. Yeah. You know, like. Look what I just did, but man, I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, it was yeah. one. It was one of those things where, um, you know, it was in Buffalo. It's about you know an hour and a half north of where I live, and uh, had some family in the crowd. Had some friends come out and, and drive out. Um, you know, and this is really the first year where people are coming to see me because I'm I'm kind of you know taking it a little more serious this year, and um, and training for it and everything like that. And uh, yeah, to be honest, the reaction from friends and family was awesome, right. but I think I was the most surprised out of all of them, you know, like, <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, nice job, dude, you know, we knew you could do it, and I was like, you, you what, I mean, why didn't you tell me, yeah, exactly, <laughs> you could have let me know like a week ago that I had a chance at this, you know, like, and the tape measured too? Uh, the final tape measure was 63 feet, three and three quarters inches, which is an inch and three quarters over Brian Oldfield's world record. Oh, yes. So, world friend by Brian Oldfield that we've talked about on this show before. Yes. So a new world record. Yeah. So uh, I understand that you had some conversation with Brian Oldfield. He, he called you up or, you know, got uh, yeah, a hold of we you. messaged on yeah. Facebook for about three days. Um, I was, I was working. It was probably the longest three days of work. Cause every, you know, every five minutes I was answering uh, a message and, um, which, which was fun. It was very, very cool, very humbling to talk to him. And, uh, he made sure that I knew that every time that he threw the Highland games, he had just come off a knee surgery <laughs> and he had just, he had just, uh, super setted squats the day before. Right, and, um, yeah, day. yeah, exactly. And, um, and actually he threw left-handed every single time. <laughs> so, which, you know what, I, I was, you know, humbled to even talk to him. And, uh, you know, once, once I explained to him that he is truly, uh, you know, a living legend, right. you know, and right. I, and I let him know that, you know, what was it? 12 years ago now, um, 11 years ago in 2002, I actually went to a throwing camp where I worked with him. I worked with him for a week straight. I was a 42 foot shot putter and I took what he taught me in a week and I turned it into a shot putting career. Yeah. Uh, you know, got a free ride to college and everything like that. And, uh, it completely changed my career. Once I kind of, uh, express the fact that you know i owe a lot to him you know it, it was it was it was less of why he didn't throw lots farther and more of uh man if you would just do the technique right 
you would throw so much farther. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think I would. You're right. <laughs> and how long did the record stand? Um, I believe I've been told that it's 39 years and 11 months. So uh, one month short of 40 years. Did you hear that, Fork Talk Nation? Almost a 40-year record goes down. Yeah. doesn't happen that often. And it was also Brian Oldfield's really his last, I think, record, a viable record that uh, was, st- was, was still a was still uh, around, and now that's it. So now Brian Oldfield has nothing to do but pass away. All right, so Nick is up again on the WOB next. Thanks for being on Fork Talk with us and telling us a little bit about that story. I think everybody's going to love hearing about that because it doesn't happen that often. No, thank you. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Hey, man. Thanks it's for, an honor. Thanks for being a good dude. Hey. We like that. Hey, thank you, guys. Keep right. you guys throwing the up, brother. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate it. Let's talk about your reviews uh, a little bit regarding Intravenous de Milo. This tasteless cover is a good indication of the lack of musical invention within. The musical growth rate of this band cannot even be charted. They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. Well, that's, that's nitpicking, isn't it? The review you had on Shark Sandwich, which was merely a two-word review, just said, shit sandwich. Right? Yeah. No? Sure. Yeah. I could care less. Se- really? <laughs> yeah. Pretty what? much. What? Yeah. Segment two. Segment two. Review of the season. Review of the season. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, I'm not supposed to read that part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, first of all, it's not the end of the season, Big Daddy, for everybody around the country. No, it is not. Because there are some, especially in the hotter regions of the uh, northern hemisphere. Like hell. (laughs) The southern states, yes. Like I said. Because they Hell. don't throw uh, a lot of games in the heat of the summer. They start to throw them in October. Right. Okay. Which is a good idea. Great idea. But for everybody in Canada, all the Vikings in Halifax, the Victorians, the Vancouverans, and all of us northern Yankees. The Nova Scotians. And the western coastans. I wish I was from Nova Scotia. Oh, that'd be awesome. People would say, hey, where are you from? I'd say, I'm from Nova Scotia. And Mother of <laughs> 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 um, But... It's towards the end of the season. It is. Yes, and for you and I, because that's all we care about. Yeah, pretty much. End of season. End of season. Which is sad, but it I has t- to happen. I embrace it. I'll be honest with you. you it's been it. a long damn season. Yeah. We started uh, in uh, the third week of May. Yes. Right? And in June alone, we had three games, so three weekends. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Same with July. Right. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, it just... A lot of games in a very short period of time. It's a lot of traveling. It's, yeah, uh, you know, it's travel. It wreaks havoc on your body, you know. So. Well, in this last year, we declared that it was on season. So you and I threw every weekend almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't miss many weekends. Right. So we had Snow, a long rain. year. Yep. Yeah. A lot so of I agree with you. I needed a little bit of psychological break before I got back in the gym, which was yesterday. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> well, you know, we left Pleasanton, and the first thing I said when we got on the plane was, this seat sucks. No. I said, uh, <laughs> who's this retarded guy next to me? Get him off my arm. That was me. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> shut that crying baby up. And then, uh, no, ma'am, I don't care if you're a nun. I'm going to the bathroom first. <laughs> but after I got done saying all that, I said, you know what? If it wasn't for Kelso Team Day, I'd be done for the season right now. Because after Pleasanton, I had no real, I didn't really care about throwing anymore. I, I was basically, yeah. Pleasanton was kind of my pinnacle. Yep. And after that. Uh, you were done. It was nothing. I didn't feel like doing anything. Yep. So, yep. 
Well, so you got any good plans for the off slash on season, Big Daddy? I have a Daddy? lot of good plans for the on season. I'm I'm hoping that you'll continue <laughs> to work with me on my uh, strength gains like I did this last year. You know, and that's the thing I was just talking to Devil Ange about. Yeah. Right? We're going to let, – let's focus some more of our working out time on actually gym time, you and I. You know, we, yeah. We'll, you come over to my house. I got my gym. Yeah. I can come train you over here too. You know, we can yeah. train together. And we'll do some good, solid lifting, too, along with our throws. You good. Know? So I think that'll be a good idea. Because I'm going to modify the, the – first of all, the Matt Vincent program worked well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did. You got very strong off of that. And But but talking with Matt, actually, at a couple of the games, he also was really good about saying, uh, you know, he, he understood, especially because of your experience in lifting, you kind of like, you know, but some of these cycles you got, I'm not a 25-year-old, right? This right. is crazy. Yeah. So at 40-plus years old – um, he was like, of course, I get that. Just take whatever I've put in that program and just cycle it out. If mm-hmm. you need, you know, if you're, if you need extra days in between, just yeah. do that. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I went pretty much on his program yes, and I did. And I actually, the one drawback to it was I beat myself up enough that when I got into the actual throwing season, I was a bit s- racked. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just, I wasn't actually as. I guess I couldn't translate the strength gains as well into my throwing as I thought I was going to be able to. What do you mean? Well, I just I just don't feel like even though I was stronger in doing certain lifts mm-hmm. and we did practice a lot, I don't feel like I really translated as much of it into my throwing as I thought. I I, I got back to a, a like a neutral point that I was kind of mm-hmm. previously. Yeah. But I just I just feel like because I was on it every single day, my body was telling me, "Good God, I, I can't." lift and do this every like four or five days a week mm-hmm. so yeah. that's all i you know i i see what you're saying but i think you're full of shit because actually <laughs> <laughs> in uh you know watching you throw over the past few years and and um and all that stuff i would say that your strength translated into some better distances for you you know your lightweight was very consistent you know uh over last year's by about a good six or seven feet, which well, is true. huge, right? That was true, yeah. You were actually really concentrating and, th- and finishing your throws and all that stuff, and, I th- and, you know, all that. Your caber, you know, you had a lot of stronger pulls on your caber, you know? And so I actually think that... Um, it did more than I thought it did. It did a lot more better than you actually probably thought, but yeah. I mean, as an outsider, I probably see it a lot better than you do, yeah. you know? But, well, I'm looking for so I'm looking forward to that. Because, um, well, because we got big plans, and we're going to talk more about that because we got plenty of time before that the, the next season kind of gets kicked off. But yeah, we got an off season full of shows to fill. You know, yeah, we got off season shows to do, got work and all that. We're obviously planning on going to Scotland for the worlds. Indeed, we are. And as long as we're in Scotland, we're going to do things Scottish that are Scottish and non throwing like like. Uh, uh, strength stones. Mm-hmm. Yep, the and, Amber Stone. And I've never done uh, the stone lifting like you've done in your strongman stuff. Yeah, right? With yeah. lifting the big two, three hundred pound up. Mm-hmm. So we're going to practice that. I hope. I'm looking forward to actually training you on it because yeah. I got money that says with your long levers that I can do it. That you can not only do it but do it well. All right. Okay, so, I'm looking forward yep. to that. I'm looking forward to that. And as a coach, yeah, I've always been one of my one of my strong suits. Has always been able to coach people on stones. For some reason, it's something I just get. All right. And if I can translate it, then I, I, I can break it down for other people. They seem to get it really fast. So okay. I'm looking forward to that because I can. It, it, what's going to happen is you're going to try to pick up that stone on your own. Right. And it's not going to work. 
Yep. And then I'm going to teach you how to do it. And then okay. you're going to do it, and you're going to be excited as hell. Cool. So I like it. Yep. And that'll help with, like, the Inverse Stone. Absolutely. But um, the Denny Stones, really, <laughs> from what I saw with the crew that were all just over there, and they posted pictures, which is really cool of seeing all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's really a deadlift and a lot of... Uh, Strength in it's your grip, hands, grip, grip strength, strength yeah, right? Times ten. Um, but uh, I am. That's going to be awesome, right? Well, what did we learn this this year? What did we learn in this you, season? You learn anything new about yourself or about throwing or about the family? Well, my myself, you know, my family sucks. <laughs> my <laughs> life is in the hole. No, it doesn't. I'm just Stop kidding. That. <laughs> um. I learned that I, yeah, I think, I'm very thankful that, and I think you are too, I think we all are, that we're very, we have a very supportive family structure, right? Right. Uh, you have uh, Candy Sprinkles, your, your, your wife of 20 years now. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Uh, I have Devil Ange, you know, my wife of going on three years yeah. coming up here. Um, and without that support, your life would suck because... I see guys struggle to go to games, and they can't go, or they, the wives won't want them to go. And they've got that battle right. along with training and trying to train, and their wife is like, oh, well, I don't want you to train. I want you to take care of this. or you know, right. We don't have that True. as much. I mean, True. I have it. That's thunder. It is. Holy, I can hear it. I must be pissing off Thor again. <laughs> and uh, the bottom line is appropriate. I've learned that I'm, well, of course, I'm very thankful that I have that, that family structure. I also learned one key thing this, this off season, okay, that, and that translated into the season is that we need to throw probably maybe throw less games during the season, okay, maybe just a little bit, take a little bit more time off, but also not practice a lot of full on hardcore throws. You know, like if we're doing lightweight for distance, don't do ten full throws, right? Okay, do more of the line drills, do more of the one turn mm. drills. Uh, stuff like that. And I think, to me, I think that translated into better throws this season. I had one of my better lightweight throwing seasons. You yeah. Know, and I think that was because I broke them down in that. And, okay. Um, that was my biggest lesson. All right. That's good. What about you? Well, it's a good one. I think I uh, – probably the biggest thing I did that was um, – that I'm proud of is uh, Ray Maybe, friend of ours in the Deads that throws out of Portland, great thrower. He turned me on to that book, uh, the Mind Inner Game, Inner Game, Game, right? Which was written originally for tennis, but has been applied to a variety of different sports. And Ray noticed a year, you know, year before last that that I was really letting. Um, my head get to me a lot in my throwing. And so I read the book and tried to apply the techniques in that book, right? Which you, all throwers, if you don't know this book, you've got to get this book and you got to read a little bit because you just read the first few chapters and it'll help you because it basically just describes the fact that we have two b- minds. Basically we've got an automatic mind that kind of, we don't think about cause it, has us breathe and move and all those things. And then we've got that, that brain above it. That is the, the more intellectual brain. And the problem is when we're doing our practice, we're kind of putting into memory, muscle memory, all of these things in a good way. 
And um, and it's that old, you know, it's that old saying when you see someone playing a great sport and they, they say they're playing out of their mind, right? Or they seem unconscious or whatever. Well, that means because what they're new, they're not thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. They're just acting on what they have taught their body to do. And what we do in Highland Games is we get our cell, the second brain gets in the way. Because as soon as you have a bad throw, or let's say you have a series of bad stones, you say to your, your the, the second brain, the higher brain says, I'm just no good at stones. And then that starts feeding on itself. And so you got to learn to turn that, that off so that you can go back to the rote muscle memory part of it so that you can just crank on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I saw you do that this year. And I did a little bit yep. of that, more than I had done previously. So that was probably the biggest learning I had. Mm-hmm. That, I would concur. That, and of course, I deepened my love for poutine. <laughs> I had a new record of poutine eating in Victoria. I think I ate poutine four different times five. in the three days or five. so. Five. Five times? Yeah, I was there. I rocked. You and did, I, because I couldn't do it. Yep, and and I didn't get bound up like you did no. for a week. I needed meat. Yeah. You know, I needed meat, you know. And, Not uh, enough bacon in that poutine to get me going, so. Yeah, so I was a, it was a good, 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 good year. Um, the other thing we got to keep an eye on, and it's good that we've got Facebook and these other ways to get together, and this is why I love throwers around the country. I love that w- when it's off-season, we try to get together as a family of throwers, like for backyard games or something fun, right? right. A barbecue and right. then let's throw. Um, is because you have to be careful of a very serious condition that happens in Highland Games. What condition is that? It's called post-season throwing blues. Oh, PSTB. Yeah, that's right, PSTB. <laughs> um, but it's keeping spirits up, man. You you get done with throwing. We're seeing our our bowling league friends every weekend. Yep. And then all of a sudden, and there's a party like, oh, I just need a break from this. I need to get back to normal life. I've let the lawn go. I've got work to do. You know, all these things that you've been putting off. I got stuff to do around the house that I haven't been doing. Yeah. And some of that's true. But then, not too long after that, you're you're missing this. You're jonesing for a little mm-hmm. throwing activity, and. Um, you got to be careful for the blues. Well, it's like relatives, you know, relatives and fish, right? They're around for three days and they all stink. (laughs) I say, you know, absolutely. You know, you you do miss these guys because we see them every week. And, you know, sometimes, you know, like the end of the season, you're like, yeah, I really, I really love these guys and and all that stuff and and that. But I'm okay with the end of the season coming up because, you know, uh, maybe such and such is on my nerves. You know, maybe they say that to me about them. They, They probably say it about me all the time, right? But uh, but it gets to that point. Nobody where, says that about you, Big Daddy. As far as you know, yeah, behind my back. <laughs> but I'll try and stop that. It, it is hard. You're right. You know, we have a crew of five guys that I want to give homage to because uh, three years ago we started the team drop deads uh, for our Telso team the day. The deads. The deads. Okay. Five guys, all over forty. All over forty. And uh, you got Mike Adams. Yep. Right. The Buchanan bomber. The Buchanan bomber. You got. Uh, uh, well, they're so close. I can't remember their fucking names. <laughs> got Kevin Halsey. You got Kevin Halsey, the Lord, Lord of the Longwood. Lord Longwood. Right. Yes. And then you got our good buddy, old Ray, the Rev. The Rev, maybe. Maybe. He's our spiritual leader. He is indeed. Yep. You got yourself, Hoss. Yep, Hoss. You got me, the Big Daddy. Big Daddy. And one thing that. When we have team day, we had nine teams this year in Kelso. Yes. It was a pretty big team day, right? One thing that we have that I don't I don't see on other teams is we have an actual love for each other. 
And I'm not saying that as, you know, you know we, we want to smooch each other or kiss or anything like that. But we I'm do a lot of that. We love them. We love each other. We honestly have a, a good bromance going on. Um, I can honestly say that any member of my team, I would do whatever. To, if they were in trouble, I'd help them out. And I believe they'd do the same for me. And it kind of came up at the end of uh, the day. I think it was on Saturday when uh, one of the throwers that was being honored made a big speech about, you know, life being short and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it was a great speech. Yeah. And, you know, Ray maybe and I looked at each other. We were the only two that were kind of standing close to each other. And he looked at me and I looked at him. And we both kind of welled up at the same time and, and said, you know what, I love you, brother. And and, and gave each other a big hug. Yeah. But it, it, it could have been any of us all standing together. But the same thing, yep. you know. Um, we have that cohesiveness. When one of us is throwing, we're all there. Yep. We all stand there and watch. We all cheer on the other guy. Yep. Um, and it's been like that for three years. It, you know, the only one year that we didn't have Kevin Halsey because he couldn't make it. You know, we right. had Sean McDaniel. He stood in really well. Yep. Um, but I, that's when you talk about Highland Games cohesiveness. It's that that team that we have. You know, that five guys. I I, I do miss a lot during the off season. You know. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, you know, you and I, we see each other more than the other guys because they're down in Oregon. Right. But uh, it's just one of those things, uh, you know, that really kind of makes you when – I, when I tell people that Highland Games will change your life, that's one of the things that I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you, make, you make friends that actually will have lifelong friends. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think a lot of games around the country should consider where where possible coming, you know, occasionally doing a team day type stuff. I It's semi-unique. There's a few kind of – uh, border battle stuff that the East Coast guys do yeah. occasionally, um, and I've seen a few of them listed. But uh, the Kelso thing's fairly unique, right? So Fork Truck Nation, we're talking after the it's on the second day of throwing. You have you have team day, and teams of five, and people really get into it. We we design special shirts for it. Um, our team and several of the other teams wear the same kilt. We usually have the best shirts, so. though. That's a course, yes. We do have the best shirts. They're the best designs. Yep. And um, and ours was amazing this year. Uh, great uh, artist, Todd Assay, did ours. Yes, he did. Yep. He went over and above. It was huge. It was awesome. Um, and uh, it's just a fun format. And uh, and we kind of play, they play with the rules so that you, you got to get everybody's throws in and and have that uh, go against the totals and kind of like a scramble big prize yeah a bit yeah. of a scramble so it's i i love the format it's fun it, it's funny we get all rack uh super excited for it and talking about it and planning everything and we're there we're like yeah team day yeah yeah about an hour and a half into it because it's the end of the season yeah. and we it's the second day of throwing at least the masters we're all like oh my god is this over yeah i'm can we just go drink now because <laughs> i i don't know if i got anything left we're all cranky and just we done. really gotta yeah. dig deep to to deliver on the numbers <laughs> I, I didn't i wasn't responsible for caber this year so i picked it and i'm like this sucks and i dropped it and that was it that was, you were done you were done and of course we're yeah. called drop deads and i'll let the fork talk nation know this because they might want to know yeah there's three reasons there there are one because we're drop dead, drop dead gorgeous. handsome, absolutely. Yep, gorgeous. Uh, two, we could drop dead at any time. We are masters. We are masters. And third, all the rest of the teams can drop dead. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. All right. Well, so I'm sure we'll have some additional off-season, on-season comments throughout the uh, next few podcasts as we go through the winter. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to muse on that a bit on the uh, review of the season. Overall, good season. I think the girls had a good season. Candy had several PRs throughout the year, even though she thought things weren't going so well for her in certain areas. Right. So um, Angie really brought her numbers up. I she was 
she had some good stuff happen for her as well. Yeah, and it's off season. She's actually going to train harder because she turns forty and can oh, be a master. She can be a master. All yeah, right, so good stuff. So yeah, it was an overall great season. Of course, great support from all of our family and friends in the Highland Games. And that's the segment, brother. That is out. Out. Ian, you put a grief naked woman on all fours with a dog collar around her neck and a leash. And a leash. And a man's arm extended out up to here, holding on to the leash and pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No. You don't find that sexist? This is 1982. That's right, it's 1982. Get out of the 60s. We don't have this mentality anymore. Well, you should have seen the cover they wanted to do. I don't care what they want. I've been feeling low for so long. Why? Let's get along. on the dock of the bay. Ooh, I love that song. Watching the tide roll away. Oh, sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, heading for the Frisco Bay. I love that song. I love that song, too. Hey, segment three. Segment three. Historical it's, figure. Oh, my goodness. It's historical figure time. Yeah. We haven't done a historical figure in a while. It's been a while, you know. Some of our historical th- figures are better than others, you know, so. That's true. That's true. We can't, do, we can't do that particular bit all every single episode. Well, thanks to John Wilkes Booth, he pretty much took care of that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It would just be the historical figure segment dedicated to Abraham Lincoln yeah. constantly. Who would be a hundred and... He'd still be alive. thousand years old, yeah. He'd still be alive, pretty much. Hey, hey uh, um, so first of all, before we get into that, we need to reference he shall who be named. Nah, I hate that guy. Yes. Figgy. Figgy Newton. You little piece of crap, you. Sir Isaac Newton, we spit on thee, I spit on thee, I spit on thee. I spit in your general direction, I was doing that at the games actually the other uh, in Kelso. Spitting on Isaac Newton. Uh, in a way, yes. Mm. No, I was doing that old Steve Martin bit where he said, where he and his brother, the Czech brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I break up with the girl. I throw dog poop on her shoes. <laughs> yes. And, and then me and my brother, we go to the crazy swinging singles bar, and we look for the girls with the dog poop on their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny about that? What? You and I were the only ones that goddamn got that. Ronald Ray maybe got it, and he appreciated it. He did? Yeah, he he, he remembered oh, he's, it. He's my age, It was too, old yeah. school. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, Figgy Newton, I throw dog poop on your shoes. Yeah, and I'm not going to look for you in the bar either, Figgy. Yep. So, we don't like gravity. He had something to do with th- talking about that. So, we say, uh, pew on you. Stick Tuh. it. Stick it, Figs. Tuh. Tuh. All right, our historical figure was announcing himself on the last segment. I, I got to digress here a bit. Okay, I know you're going to hate this, but <laughs> so yeah, yes. I just saw a truck pulling a, with a with a flatbed trailer. Okay, a truck on the back of that with with like a no top on it. Yeah, yeah. with a little baby jeep car like you a kid would drive on yeah. top of that. <laughs> I, Only in your town. Yeah. Of the big town of Orton. But let me tell you what I saw coming into town. I went and stopped by the gas station coming in here, right? Yes. I see a guy driving on the street 
right? Okay. On a lawnmower. <laughs> His name's Hank. Is he? You know how I know that? How do you know that? He was ahead of me in line buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> Of course he was. I'm like, what are you going to do with those tickets if you win there, Hank? I don't know. I, I'm figuring probably buy a bigger John Deere. No, he'll he'll buy a, a golf cart. An excavator? <laughs> <laughs> a golf cart. Yeah, let me tell you something. This guy buys anything bigger than a golf cart, you better get out of the way. Because he could barely drive that stupid freaking lawnmower. <laughs> it's legal to drive golf carts. It's legal? Yes. It's legal to drive those things oh. in order, yes. Well, I guess when the cops drive around a golf cart, what do you expect? Exactly. Anywho. All right. I back digress. to back to historical figure. Back to figure. historical figure and Thor. <laughs> Way to anticlimactically bring oh. that up. Oh, I mean, <laughs> who's our historical figure this week, boss? <laughs> well, he was announcing himself earlier because there was thunder coming oh, down. Oh, yes, there was. And I think he was announcing his presence with a thought. <laughs> And it wasn't Thunder Ray Shahavitz. No, it wasn't. No. no, it was Thor. Thor. Historical figure is Thor. He is in, of North mythology. 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 Mixology. Yeah, he's a bartender <laughs> from Old Norse. He's the hammer wielding god associated with thunder, lightning, storms, oak trees. Strength. Ow. The protection of mankind. I'm protecting. You. And also. Hallowing, healing, and fertility. Ooh, hey. Hey, now. What's hallowing? Uh, I don't know. Candy? Candy, can you look that up? What is hallowing? Hallowing. Healing and fertility. That has something to do with Viagra. I think he's had Viagra. (laughs) He's the son of the god Odin and is personified by the earth. What's that name? I have no idea. Fjorgen. 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 It ends in G-Y-N, so it must be a female. Fjorgen. Fjorgen. There's a hand what up. Is, yes. St- uh, Candy Sprinkles, what is hallowing? Hallowing is to make holy or sacred, to sanctify or consecrate, to venerate. Ooh, oh, hallowing. Yeah. Okay, to make to make, uh, to make, make awesome. That's what I do. Okay. I'm a hallower. Good stuff. Thor is prominently mentioned, uh, a mentioned god throughout the recorded history of the Germanic peoples from the Roman occupation of the region of Germania, Germania. to the tribal expansion of the migration period. I remember that. To his high popularity during the Viking Age, when in the face of the process of the Christianization of Scandinavia, hmm. became emblematic of his hammer, the Molner, the Molner hammer. That which is the hammer of Thor. Indeed, uh, they were worn in defiance, and uh, Norse pa- pagan personal names containing the name of the god bear witness to his popularity. A lot of people these days wear those as tattoos, and they some do. of our friends actually have them around their necks. They do, yes, indeed. And of course, the the whole uh, using it as a uh, a way in which to thwart the Christianization of the region is really that's stopped. That's what I use it for. Relevant to it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done with that Christianization of Scandinavia. They can stick that crap. Not happening on my watch. (laughs) It's already happened. Not not on my watch, it didn't. It's done. Whatever. Not today, it didn't. Into the modern period, Thor continued to be acknowledged in rural folklore throughout Germanic regions. And comic books. Thor is frequently referred to in place names. The day of the week, I did not know this, is Thursday. Is Thor's day. That's how it started. You didn't know that? I didn't. Me neither. No. Um... 
and it bears his name. The name stemming from the pagan period containing his own continued to be used to this day. Hey, I got to digress here for a second. Please. And I'm not going to talk about wagons and shit. But there, okay. this, right. there was a girl, you might know this, Candy. I think she was in CrossFit Games last year, and her last name was Thor's daughter. Yep. Remember her? Cool. That is the coolest goddamn name ever. What's well, a traditional Scandinavian name then, right? Yeah, it's actually it. translated from Thor's daughter. It means, it means the the dad's name was Thor, and that's how they used to give them the last name. You don't say. Yeah. You don't say. Right. So you're telling me that Thor's daughter actually translates to the daughter of Thor. Wow. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for enlightening me, Thank oh you. gracious one. Yep. <laughs> Candy wants to get on on this because we're obviously butchering it, Sorry. and it's not actually accurate. Yeah, but Thor's kind of boring. Yeah, we don't care. Outside the comic book, nobody cares about him. Uh, so listen, he's described as fierce-eyed... With red hair and a red beard. Is a ginger? Yeah. Bullshit. He's goddamn blonde. Well, that's what the DC Comics have made him, but according to folklore, he was redded. He's from Scandinavia. He's blonde and blue-eyed. Well. He's an Aryan. Well, there you go. He's an Aryan brother. Uh, whoa. 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 <laughs> hey. Stop. Let me ask you something. Well, Do you yes. watch those prison shows? Yes. What? Yes. The prison shows, they got the Aryan Brotherhood. Do you know what their tattoos are all? Huh? huh? What, what? Molnar. Oh, thanks. Thor's, Thor's hammer. Oh, real, real cool. So now you're taking this in a bad spot. I'm just telling you, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Aryans. Scholars have theorized on Thor's role in Germanic religion and origins, right? Scholar Ellis Davidson summarizes. Hilda Ellis Davidson. Yeah. She doesn't like it to be called Ellis. The cult of Thor was linked up with the men's habitation and process, uh, possessions and with well-being of the family and community. This includes the fruitfulness of the field. And Thor, although pictured primarily as a storm god in the myths, was also concerned with the fertility and the preservation of the personal... Um, preservation of the personal fertility symbols and placed by the farmers in the holes made by the drill to receive the first seed of spring. Thor's marriage with Sif of the Golden Hair, about which uh, there was little myth, seems to be um, part of that, where a marriage between the sky god and the earth goddess, and so the thunder and the storm, and it brings the rain, and it makes the fields fertile, and that's blah, the way blah, Thor blah. and all that. Blah, when blah, when blah. does he fight Iron Man? That's all I can <laughs> Well, that was modern times, right? Swedish chemist uh, Jacob Berzelinus discovered a chemical element that he named after Thor, thorium. Ah, there you go. Look at that. American comic book writer Stan Lee and his brother Larry Lieber, together with Jack Kirby, created the Marvel comic superhero Thor, which was based on the god of the same name. Thor. Thor. Who would have thunk? Yeah. So Together they had a daughter named Thor's daughter. They did. On Thursday. Correct. She was born on Thursday. She was. Right. Yeah. But Hank still drives a lawnmower through town. That's he all does. I have to say. He does. He does. Now, so here's the deal. Obviously, if he wins the lottery, yes. I hope he gives me some of that money. I don't think he will. <laughs> I doubt it. I don't think he remembers me. Anyway, Thor's daughter. Thor Thor's would Thor's obviously be good at hammer. We're assuming. Although he That's does, quite an assumption. He does use 
a short hammer like they did in, they think, in the old days, right? Isn't there some assumption that the original hammer throwing was more like an anvil-type hammer with a shorter handle, big head, that they, they would throw for distance, not the 50-inch long one that we have now? I believe that to be true. Yes? Yes. So he would be good at the old-school one, not necessarily at the current hammer, because... He wears a lot of padded shouldering. It's hard to get your shoulders through and around on a big ellipse for the hammer throw. Mm-hmm. You think you'd have to take that off? He wears a cape. That would get in the way. Well, let me see. Let me think about this for a second. He's a god. Um, he's a god of thunder. Um, he does whatever he fucking wants to. Could he throw? No, he probably doesn't have to take anything off. Do you think lightning bolts come out of his arse when he throws? <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> He'd be good at wait for distance because he's only got thing, that hammer throw. The great thing about down. Thor is if you're in his flight, yeah. okay, when he's throwing yeah. hammer, yeah. you don't need a shagger, baby. That hammer the comes hammer back comes to himself. Back. Absolutely. Oh, I never thought of that. You throw the damn hammer, you don't need no shagger. It makes a dent in the ground, and then it comes back. It comes, he just goes boom. like this, boom, and then he has to give it to you. Yeah, He'd absolutely. be great for the master's class, that's for It'd sure. would be awesome, dude. <laughs> It'd be awesome. I, I never thought about hopefully that. Hopefully Thor is a master next year. So the question... Absolutely, he's the biggest, oldest master of all. That's right. So the question then would be, um, if he's good at these events, which he probably would be, um, would he be the kind of person you want to throw with? Hmm. I get the retrieving of the hammer. That's good. But would he have the personality that would be fun to throw with on the day? Or would he be a bit too, I am God of Thunder? Oh, yeah. He's an elitist. Oh, yeah. He's a track and field guy. I mean... (laughs) Right? Uh, probably a track and field Right? Guy. So would he be wearing his iPod headphones oh, yeah. and he'd not be listening or talking to you at all and just kind of be in his zone and then whoa, come whoa, up there whoa, whoa, and whoa, whoa. Boom, throw Wait a minute. and put him back Wait on? Wait a minute. Red hair, red beard, iPod headphones. That kind of rings a bell. <laughs> Are you saying he's Todd Essay? I'm th- <laughs> Holy shit. We've been throwing with the guy. For the last couple of years, it's Todd Essay. Todd Essay is I don't Thor. think so. I don't think that's it. No, you're right. No. Todd doesn't always wear his headphones. No, he doesn't. No, no. But but his shirt designs, however, make him look like Thor. <laughs> well, hey, if I was if I was a good artist hey. like that, I would make myself look like Thor as well. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So just kidding, Todd. Don't get all bent around the axle about it. We're still friends. Yeah, we love you. Yeah. Don't worry. If we basically compared you to a god. E- yeah, equal opportunity given grief here. <laughs> um, so I don't. I'm not sure if he'd be any fun to. I think he would suck. With. This is what he would do. Okay, he'd get up. And okay. he'd throw his damn hammer, right? Yep. It would come back to him. Right. And then it would be your turn. Yeah. And he wouldn't let you. Ah. Uh, right. Well, would he collect the hammer for me after I threw? Well, we got to remember something about Thor's hammer. Nobody else can pick it up but him. Well, yeah, I'm not throwing his hammer. I mean, you, I assume you well, meant other Well, then he can't throw in our flight. Why? We all have to throw the same hammer. Well, yeah. He's got to throw someone a different hammer, a regulation hammer. Oh. Well, oh, so you don't back. think he would? No. He's Thor. So he would basically go... Want to be first in the flight? He'd pick up his hammer, he'd throw it a country mile. Right. It'd come back to him. He'd give it to you. It would be and mismarked. He'd say, Go ahead. It would be mismarked because it would be a country mile away, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the the, the marker would be like, um, is it this one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it this one? No. No. You see the fence over there, jackass? No. Go over it. No. You're yeah. not. You're not back far enough. All right. Let me do my impression. <laughs> this is what I would see: Thor throwing the hammer. So okay. The, I'm Thor throwing the hammer. Okay. All right. Excuse me, Judge. I will take my place in the trig. I will look out and see if there's anybody better than me on this field, and I do not see anyone. However, that O'Neill and that Hoss guy are pretty, pretty 
good looking dudes. Awesome. But I think I can still throw them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing my mighty hammer. Mighty hammer, come back to me. I will step out of the trig. Judge, Mr. Bobby Dodd, please put on your glasses and measure it for me. Yeah, that guy would suck to throw with. Okay. Hey, Thor, you want a beer? No, thank you. I'm watching my figure. No, well, that or you go, yes, I'll have a whole five-gallon tankard, please. <laughs> Give me your keg. Right. Yeah, and that's what I think. finish the keg, and there'd be none left for us, yeah. the rest of us. Thor's out. He'd polish it off, and then he'd go back to Asgard. Who? That's where he lives, right? Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. That's where the gods the live. Asgard of the asses? <laughs> Is that what they call it? Maybe. Perfect place for him. Maybe. What's his wife's name? Flojet? Flojo? <laughs> what was her name again? What? I'm trying to read. What was her name? What? Uh, Sith. Sith? S- yeah. No, wait. Is that right? No, she was a... Sil. 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 So, so I think as, we are... As Munch. <laughs> So I'm thinking, because you go back to Ass Munch and him and his so great wife, thrower. Sil. So we're thinking would be great thrower, but not a good throwing companion. Yeah, not somebody you want to hang around with. Right. Yeah, okay. Not a beer garden buddy. I got that. All right. All right. So so good Thor, thrower, but sucky in the beer garden. Okay. <laughs> All right. Which is where you know we get half of our. That's most important. Yeah, pretty much. Historical figure out. I do not for one think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. All right? That tended to understate the hugeness of the object. It's a horn It's very pretty. Yeah, just simple lines intertwining. You know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between those. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for our sponsor, Mattress Ranch, a www.mattressranch.com. Thanks for all the Facebook likes. We're up to 437, I believe. 40, 30, 32. 32? 32. Oh, okay. Well, I think five just probably just happened. Was our, our probably. Podcasting. Probably. Right. Yep. Um, next time, we are going to hopefully have some additional uh, check-ins from the science officer, and hopefully we can get a hold of Miles if he's not in some secure location in a foreign land. We'll get him. Yeah. And... Um, have some more fun and frivolity. Right. That's right. I use the word frivolity. frivolity. One of my favorite words and yes. favorite things to do, as a matter of fact. The Fork Talk podcast comes out twice a month. <laughs> it tries to come out twice a month. Yeah. When it, we're not we, throwing. <laughs> we had a little bit of a extended one for this last one. Apologies, but we will be usually doing twice a month. So yeah. expect two in October. Yep. And since you don't have any games to drive to, I guess you can listen whenever you want to. Listen in the garage when you're doing some work. Hopefully working out. That's right. Lifting something heavy. Questions and comments, email us at info at fork-talk.com. We've never actually gotten an email from there. We haven't? No. They always get us through Facebook or something else. But no one's actually ever sent. I don't even know if it works. Yeah, we might have like 4,000 emails. Info at fork-talk.com or Facebook, Fork Talk with Big Daddy and Haas. 
Until next time. May the fork be with you. You are the sheaf to my fork, Big Daddy. Schlunchamore. Great health. Captain Quint, as always, take it away. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. Thanks for listening to Fork Talk with your she-fork-wielding lovable host, Big Daddy and Haas. Check out www.fork-talk.com for more episodes. We throw heavy stuff for fun, people. Caber up! <laughs> <laughs>